0: Everybody, welcome back to Reconcilable uh, Differences with your friend uh, John Syracusa and John's friend um, me, Merlin. <laughs> Good job. I mm, I had to just watch a child's presentation. You know, I don't think <laughs> I don't think my 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 things I've tried to share about presentations. Like I just had to do a teacher parent conference for my kid. And of course, you know, see also learning Photoshop, like, and nothing I say matters. Like, you know, I'm not the hugest Guy Kawasaki fan in the world. I'm very grateful for his service, but like, I think you could do a lot worse than his rules of thumb, you know, 10 slides, this many words on a slide. You know what I mean? Like err on the side of people thinking you didn't write enough when really you're just putting out the best part on this little, uh, slab of Google slides. <laughs> so you're saying you think this child did not read
1: Guy Kawasaki's book on presentations.
0: I've pulled out. Well, I'll, uh, I don't, but I have pulled out the book where 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 one of my presentations, m- one of my presentations was featured, as well as a guy Kawasaki presentation. Doesn't matter. I met Danny McBride. Nobody cares. You know, it's um, but you know the uh, it's just funny because you can tell within like three minutes into one of these things, you can tell there was a template you start with, and then there's a there'll be some phrase that keeps coming up. Over and over. This time around, it was uh, will make me ready to start high school, which is actually kind of better than the previous one last year, which was like. And this shows that I am learning the core values of Common Core two thirty five, you know eleven DPU thirty six strokes seventeen. Where you just got it? There's this code phrase to like uh, honor the codec and what
1: was the presentation like, first person it was like a kid presenting why they thought they were prepared yeah, for high the way school they've
0: done it last couple times is that they all the kids i guess nominally prep for you know the topic sentence basically is here's the progress i've made and that has me ready to do this following thing and then they fill in these sections like what could the parents do to help what could the teachers do to help and blah blah blah, blah. and it's you know, that kind of thing. And the, the type's really small. And it's, of course, my kid's not got Kawasaki, which I guess is probably good. But it's, um, it's just, it's sort of, um, I was saying to Madeline after, first of all, we both kind of, you know, teachers are trying. It's hard. They got to do this at scale, which is nuts. It's a waste of their time over and over and over. But I was saying like, for example, I got in a lot of trouble. The year after I graduated from college, I was on the alumni board and the school's foundation board. And it just it's something that, you know, one year, each year, one kid from the graduating class is on this board. And it wasn't important work, but I took it really seriously and I was really full of myself. And I used to come away from these foundation meetings three times a year, which is really fun because you get to go hang out with alums and see your friends back on campus. It was great. But I came away from these meetings feeling like we're not getting anything accomplished in here. It's just a bunch of, you know, cocktail parties and Robert's rules of order, paper shuffling. And I wrote a letter. Oh God, I really regret this. I wrote a letter to General Heiser, who had for the entire life of the school been the head of the new college foundation. And I said, you know something along the line, it wasn't wasn't long, but I said, basically, I wonder if there's a way we could make this more useful, you know, action items, follow up, the kind of stuff you would do as I would later do as a project manager, which is like, you know, old business, new business, who's got the ball on each of these things. And I made a grave error in the last paragraph. I said, and I feel like something along the lines of, and I feel like, I put it better, because I wanted to write for The Atlantic. But I said something like, you know, um, I think if we were to do something with more involved, we'd have more accountability and we'd get more done. And he like, he turned into like a, like a Warner Brothers character. He was so goddamn mad. He wrote me back a letter that was really quite terse. And I talked to my old advisor about it and he was like, oh, you, that he said, you know, and he'd been in the National Guard. He was like, look, I can tell you, you used a code word there. You just told a retired United States Army general, you just used the word accountability with him, which is a very specific term of art where he's from. You basically, you know what I mean? Like the the government accountability office. You messed with the wrong Marine. I sure did. Or at least the wrong foot soldier. But then I I said to Madeline today, I was recounting this story from many years ago and saying what I didn't know at the time and would still take a long time to sink in, those meetings, they were about servicing our our biggest donors about making them feel included not in like a condescending way but they gave a lot of money to the school and yeah it was kind of about having drinks and hanging out but it was about relationship maintenance not accountability and And i I just i didn't get that nobody nobody told me nobody brought the new guy in and there's like the
1: the new guy thinks we're supposed to be getting things done in these meetings someone (laughs) should fill him
0: in look alive mort um yeah so anyway hi everybody if you want to um, support uh, what we're doing here, whatever it is that we're doing here, uh, uh, you can you can go to relay.fm slash rd and, and you can give us money if you want. I'm only mentioning it here. Technically, it's relay.fm slash rd slash join if you want the full experience. I'm mentioning it here because I, I, I like to kid the suits sometimes uh, about how people who participate in our membership program get wallpapers. I just want to say, have you looked at the wallpapers, the new wallpapers, John? I've heard their are new ones. I think I redownloaded them again recently. There's four just for our show. Yeah. And they're really well done. I, I, I don't know if it's still Forgotten Towel, but I think it's uh, Frank doing those, but it's, they're really cool. So, you know, if you join up, you get, you get uh, free stuff. Uh, you get uh, an extra, like, some bonus content from us um, once a month. And uh, you get all the member episodes from ours and other shows for all of the years, which is kind of cool. Uh, what other stuff do you get? You get, oh, you get an ad-free uh, feed of things. hmm Yeah, but it's good stuff, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Anyway, you can do that. We uh, have a little bit of follow-up, and I think we're going to talk about uh, streaming apps, streaming media apps.
1: I yeah, remember last time I said I, I might write a, a,
0: a blog post about it? Oh, do I remember? I'll tell you what I remember. What I remember was I thought this was our project. No, well, he, no, I'm, yes. we did that. Before you yell at
1: me about that, let's, let's uh, celebrate the fact that I said I was going to write a blog post about it. I wrote two, I wrote two posts about
0: it. You did. And they were, they were, they were both uh, really good and really tight. And uh, obviously the, the first one was a little more nutritional, but the second one was very important. The first one was about, as we'll talk about in a second, John's list of like, these are the table stakes, the most simple, basic stuff. That all of those apps on your Apple TV, all the things that it should be able to do. But I also did kind of like your sentiment piece, follow up, how people respond. We'll talk about that in a second, but stay tuned. Um, and uh, here we are. You know, I think I'm ready for high school is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> what, have, what, what have you done to make yourself ready for high school? What have I done? Well, I've read Hit Play and directed it, so I'm not exactly sweating it. There you go. Um, John, you have a piece here on follow up on TV pricing rumors. What is that?
1: Yeah. uh, We've talked about my ongoing struggle to get a new television and new TVs were announced. They look fancy. Uh, I was excited about them, but I didn't know how expensive they were going to be. If if they were going to be $8,000 to the TV, I was going to have to keep waiting. Uh, Don't really want to have to keep waiting. So uh, there was a pricing rumor that was floating around At at the time we are recording this, which is on February 22nd. We'll link to a YouTube video that is now several days old. Sony on its website has not yet announced the price of their fancy new TV. But what they have done briefly by accident, maybe on some Sony website, is they listed like the, I don't know, the, like the credit points. You get points every time you buy something from Sony, and those points, you know, add up. Sony <laughs> bucks. Yeah, oh. and then you can you can get like a box of Cracker Jacks or something. I don't know, like oh, nice. whatever. Like the, the the flues that you can get from. I don't remember as flues anymore. Anyway,
0: flues, flues, or as you call it, beans. Yeah, I remember both. Remember what Whoop, Whoopi Goldberg was flues, right? Yeah, it was, like, it was like Sony bucks. I mean,
1: is that what it is? Is it just, I don't know. Anyway, I'll put a link in the video. $50, yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: the point is, you get a certain number of points for buying things, right? And the formula is not complicated. It's one to one between one point equals $1. Oh,
0: I get it. Ah, they told on themselves.
1: Yeah, so they said, if you want to get the, uh, oh, I got to look at the actual numbers now because I've forgotten. If you want to get the 55 inch one, it is like uh, 4,000 Sony bucks. And then the 65-inch is 5000 Sony bucks. So that's much better than 8000 4000 for the 55-inch. I currently you have a Just connect
0: inch. the dots for, for the guy who just had to watch a child do a presentation. You're saying that, that, that uh, um, bucks equals dollars. Yep. And that if it's $4,000 in Sony bucks, that means it's a $4,000 television. That does not, that's not prohibitive, John, considering what you're doing here.
1: Right, I mean it's it's expensive for sure. Like it's, but you know, considering how long I've waited for a TV, it's not completely <laughs> ridiculous.
0: I think you should find it in the budget. I do. Yeah, just I mean, where you put it? You know.
1: Yeah. Actually, no. Wait, I I got it wrong. I, this is just what I get for not looking at the video. Um, apparently, for the fifty-five inch, it's three thousand, and for the sixty-five, it's four thousand.
0: That seems really low
1: yes that's great and and the reason I believe these rumors is one you know the Sony bucks thing like it's again it's not a complicated formula and two Dell has put an actual price on their like uh their QD yeah. OLED, like gaming monitor thing right right yeah. and it's like twelve hundred bucks or something it's like a thirty four inch thing
0: I saw that I put that in the slack that sounded really that sounds really low yeah
1: so the only thing I can imagine is that either uh you know, Samsung is making these QD-OLED displays. Either they gave like kind of a sweetheart deal for the first people who are willing to, you know, take a risk and hop on board with this new display technology. Right,
0: right, right, right. Or it turns because, out. Because that, it's
1: new, because it's new and
0: um, untested at consumer scale.
1: Right. Or mm-hmm. the other yeah. thing is it, it just could have turned out that the manufacturing process ended up being much more economical than they thought. Cause it's very similar to OLED. It's not that different. Right. Mm hmm. Um, Someone did the math. I don't know if it's in this video or another one, but like the uh, these OLED things are cut out of a big sheet of glass, right? I forget how big it is, but these machines that handle the very large sheet of glass. And I think you can so. Get the like- thing
0: that arrives at the factory or similar is a giant, giant piece of glass, and then the these uh highly skilled people cut that into sizes for monitors well it's robots
1: um but it's kind of like Uh if you if you had to make carpet out of larger pieces of carpet uh the economics or like silicon wafers right you have it's a very expensive material anything you do to this material is very expensive it's all done in clean rooms by robots with this very precise machinery but you start with a piece of glass of a certain size and however many rectangles 16 by 9 rectangles you can get out of that glass that's how you can figure out the price of the thing right so if you say you had like one 88 inch tv you can only cut one 88 inch tv out of that glass and everything else is waste like you can't no no one's making like a 15 inch tv or 12 inch tv right you just Mm -hmm. the rest of it is wasted so you could i forget how many it was but you can do like you know 355 inches 265 inches right um and as you get more waste the price goes up right so that's why you know in, in this first year it's just 55 and 65 because if you had to pay the full price for the one seventy-seven or 81 inch thing that could fit and throw away the rest, it would be uh, wasteful. So hmm. it could be that, you know, like the price per square inch or price for one of those things is less than people thought. Anyway, I'm not complaining. If these are the real prices, I'm excited and I'm going to buy it. And because that's the case, then I had to sort of go back into turbo research mode and look at all the other parts of the system that I have to get look at what my latest uh, surmises were about those. And then uh sadly discovered that many of the things are that I've figured out that I wanted to get are just not available because supply chain, that was very mm. depressing. I, I should have looked first, but like I spent a lot of time, for example, on receivers, doing lots and lots of research on receivers, narrowing it down and finding out the receiver I wanted to get, you can't buy it. Maybe in, maybe in March or April, you might be able to get one, but right now you can't. Really?
0: Yeah. Which is sad, um, but well, it's, but it's, it's hopeful news still. I mean, you might you might get another TV while you're alive, you know, could yeah. happen. And so just to go around the list of things, it's the TV
1: Then I got to buy yep. a stand for it because I can't use the one that it comes with. We've gone over this in past shows. Got to buy a mm-hmm. receiver, gone over that in past shows, got to buy a Blu-ray player. And I think, well, there's some other minor things there because, well, just one more aside before we go
0: on to streaming video apps, Blu-ray players. Um, do you have a Blu-ray player? Yes. I have a couple. I've got the, the Blu-ray player that's been hacked. I learned it from Snell. I learned about, um, apparently I just call Snell now. Um, I learned about the one that make, there's a guy that makes one that can do like acceleration with make MKV and he's hacked the firmware on it. I got one of those for the office that I hardly use at all. And the one I've got at home is a Sony. I got one in the PlayStation, but then I've got a Sony, uh, 4k UHD Blu-ray player.
1: Yeah. So speaking of Sony, uh, I believe uh, the last time Sony decided to make a Blu-ray player was 2017. Hmm. So there, if you go to Sony's hmm. website right now and buy a, yeah, an Ultra HD 4K Blu-ray player, you'll be buying the model that they rolled out in 2017. No, wow. Nobody is making Blu-ray players anymore. So lots of people still sell them. But if you go look at what they're selling, you say, huh, when I search for reviews of this, I find things that are five years old. Why is that? Right. And you realize this model was introduced years and years ago and they just never made a newer one, which is kind hmm. of bad because it means that you know, if if I had bought a Blu-ray player in 2017, my options today would be the same, basically. Um, and it's also bad because some you know, if you're trying to find one that supports all the things, oh, you gotta support Dolby Vision and HDR 10 and HDR 10 Plus and do 4K and do a good job. And like, you would think technology marches on, you know, the little image processing chips get better, they get quieter, the, they get less hot, like all these things with the march of technology. But if you just never make another one and just keep selling the 2017 one.
0: Well, they could learn from what they've learned, yeah. right? And, and like, you know, avoid, it's so funny. You should mention that because yesterday, my new uh, 4K UHD Blu-ray of the Criterion Edition of Citizen Kane arrived. So I was actually using this like just last night, but um, boy, I feel bad for Criterion. Uh, I don't know why. I guess because you're talking about, you know, manufacturing errors, but on the whole like first run of this new Criterion edition, the the Blu-ray, not the 4K UHD, but the Blu-ray disc that comes with it was defective and they've had to replace it in every single one of them, which is, you know, it's already such a bummer that you're buying plastic, you know, to be able to put in a machine and watch it. Uh, I'm going to find the one I've got. I'm not saying it's any particular bargain. I'll tell you, buddy, you know, it hasn't come a long way is just using these things. Watching my kid try to like rewind free guy to be able to, you know, watch a scene again. Man, those the little Sony remote. It's fine. But like we've come a long way from the TiVo. Oof. Yeah.
1: So it's kind of the, the slim pickings. And, you know, as usual, I'm trying to find the one that supports all the things. Right. Mm hmm uh oppo you remember oppo i think that's how you pronounce the name of the company oppo Mm-mm. Uh they were the darling company for a while because they would make players that would like you know play multi-region instead of being region locked and you know they would support all the different standards they were sort of the techie tech nerds type of player uh, they just stopped making them entirely in 2018 they just said yeah we're
0: not going to make these anymore so that in was in general
1: yeah, they just don't They just don't make Blu-ray players anymore.
0: I, I've started to wonder, like, I feel like a real weirdo that I buy anything on 4K UHD. I think it does make a difference. I mean, obviously, anytime, no matter how, even if you're watching the Coppola Restoration and it's noisy, it's like, it just looks, it's just, there's so much fewer artifacts than if you're streaming a quote-unquote 4K version. It's almost the way I feel about Atmos, where it's like I don't know a lot about Atmos, but I know that a single HomePod is not going to give you anything close to what a normal Atmos system would. But it still, it sounds good, but I, I wonder if I'm the only person who's buying these things. Do Do you know people that buy 4K UHDs? I mean, apart from, like, the Griffin Newmans of the world, like... I think that's, the, you're getting exactly
1: the problem. Why did everyone stop making Blu-ray players? It's like, there. well, who the heck is buying Blu-ray? So here's, like, you would think, though, that what would be left of the market is people like us who are like, oh, the weird nerds who, like, care about compression artifacts or whatever. Well... And you would think that all that would be left is, like, fancy, rich people Blu-ray players. And Oppo was one of those. Like, you know, you can get a Blu-ray player for, like, literally $80. Like, right now, just going to Best Buy. You can get a a 4K UHD
0: Blu-ray player. Or 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 just, I mean, the the, the real killer is probably the fact that it's in every PlayStation. Yeah. Nobody's going to need another uh, one if you can just buy a PlayStation and get a Blu-ray player. But a PlayStation costs
1: multiple hundred dollars. If you just want to play Blu-rays, you can get one for, like, a 100 bucks or less, right? But then the Oppo used to make a Blu-ray players that were twelve hundred dollars, thirteen hundred dollars. Just because it's for the fancy people, right? It does all the things, okay. But then okay. even Oppo stopped making them. Uh, they just said <laughs> in twenty eighteen. If you go to their homepage,
0: it just says support.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can yeah. still find them used, and they go for high prices, right? And there's this, there's this French brand that's like, oh, this is the new Oppo or uh, Revion or something like that. And they're also mm. super expensive. Now, look, now, listen, I'm not trying to spend a thousand something dollars on a Blu-ray player. I'm just saying what the shape of the market is. I don't want to spend that much. But I do want
0: a player that supports all the standards, right? But I don't think you don't need to... I don't... Well, I'm, I'm sorry you feel you need to say that, but I mean, you are somebody who cares about what it is that you get. Any of us would be bummed if we put a bunch of dough into something and it didn't, for some reason... Oh, this only works with coax or something like some weird thing you didn't know about. But it's it's also that to make an informed decision, regardless of what you end up spending, it's nice to know what the landscape is in terms of stuff like, oh, yeah, this is 80 bucks, but it hasn't been updated in five years. That's really good to know. Right. Yeah. Isn't that kind of factoring into it is just the whole like I want to know if I bought the nice one, this is what I'd get. It doesn't cost anything to look.
1: Yeah, so there are still some expensive ones. There's the one that that kind of looks like the Oppo is an expensive Panasonic one, uh, but like the weird French company—I forget what the name is—starts with an R. I'll find a link for notes. Um, their interface looks kind of janky, and I don't really trust their support. Right? Um, for for the ones like oh, that support all the standards, most of them don't. But a lot of the ones that are missing a standard, they're missing HDR 10 plus. But my TV doesn't even do HDR 10 plus, so who cares? Unless until uh, now, it hasn't mattered. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So, uh, it, you know, if you want one that supports Dolby vision, which I do, you get mm-hmm. a little bit of the fancier ones. Anyway, uh, I I found a Blu-ray player that, you know, it's it's again from 2018 or 2017. They're still selling it. It's the it's the Panasonic that everyone recommends. It's, it's not a thousand dollars, but it's not a hundred dollars. I forget how much it is. I think it's like 500 bucks, which is a ridiculous price for a Blu-ray player. It's got a bunch of analog audio outputs coming out the back that I'm never going to use. But I just wanted one that supports Dolby Vision and HDR10 and, you know, is
0: well-rated and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but what does it have in addition to all that good stuff? Um, I'm going to bet that it has, well, I, all I know is the Sony ones of these from like Airbnbs or from the ones I've got, which is that it has other stuff on it where you can like run Netflix. It has, because well, oh, they, they all have that, but no, oh, that's okay, not the thing what? That, what are you talking that, about? that I'm concerned about. It's got a fan. Oh, you hate that.
1: Why 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 fan? Why why We're is fan. there a fan? <laughs> like they're noisy <laughs> why enough. Suprenov? Why separate? Yeah. What well, they I mean, they have to spin a plastic disc and that often makes a lot of noise as well. But uh the Panasonics in particular have fans. Even the slightly cheaper one has a fan. So what what I've done preemptively is I've purchased I found for people who are like me in the, you know, the typical place where they are, which is avsforums.com. Um I'll try to put a link in the in the show notes to this thread to someone who has this and they said oh the fan gets too loud um can i replace it with one of those super quiet fans that the pc nerds buy for their pcs you know Mm -hmm. Uh, and the answer is yes you can buy an aftermarket fan but then you also have to buy an aftermarket wire and you have to do a little bit of soldering (laughs) and then you can
0: oh my goodness replace the
1: fan with a quieter fan and so i have purchased a quieter fan and some wires to and with a connector to plug in the quieter fan i have not yet purchased the dvd player but as you can see i'm gearing up to purchase the 2018-ish 500 dollars panasonic blu-ray player with a fan in it which i'm going to replace with a quieter fan um so yeah and the the receiver the one i want i still can't get there's a Uh, second tier one that i might have to order because because supply chain yeah. The stand I have mm. picked out, I'm assuming the stand ships. I should actually go all through the process to get it in the card and see if it says ships next day or whatever. And then the TV, I'm just waiting to see a confirmation on the price. But when these things come out, I suspect maybe the TVs will go quickly. So I'm going to have to order that TV ASAP and then I'll order all the other crap. Well, you're in my prayers. You deserve it. Yeah. And then I got to get rid of my old TV. I'm wondering, like, who's... I did some shopping on uh, eBay to see, like, what are what are my, you know, instances of my exact television set selling for on eBay? Um, and the answer is not a lot. But, you know, I just really want someone to take it away.
0: Your, your old... Um, no, wait. Is that your plasma? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. You don't want to put it over the fireplace, huh?
1: No. It's a nice TV, but it's, it's big. And, you know, I'd like it like to go and do a new home.
0: I can't believe I got this. I just sent you the link. I got this September... 14th 2019 i can't believe it's been that long it's still for sale that is still the current model of the step down sony uh
1: 229
0: yeah i say yeah
1: yeah it's it's good yeah everybody hates it you know why everyone hates it Hmm. it initially shipped without dolby vision support and they added it later through a firmware update but the way they added it requires you to activate dolby vision manually every time you want to put a disc in that has dolby vision oh see that's that's inconvenient i don't want that If you don't do do that, it will try to play everything with Dolby Vision. So if you put in a non-Dolby Vision disc and you have Dolby Vision on, it will try to play it in Dolby Vision and screw it up. So you have to manually remember every time you put a disc in, is this a Dolby Vision disc or is it not? That's why everyone hates this player.
0: Also, I don't remember how I learned this or if it's still true. I have not vetted this since I learned how to do this. But to get fancy video and fancy sound, you've got to use two HDMI cables into two ports have you ever
1: experienced that before you don't have to the fancy ones do come with two of them because sometimes you want just audio to go out to it if your receiver doesn't understand the uh you know the the audio and the video and through the same thing in my case i won't need to do that because i'm pretty sure i won't need to do that but although the one i'm buying does have the two hdmi ports if i needed to oh it's so modern Ah, let's
0: keep a good thought
1: yeah i'm kind of dreading like looking over at the, the tangle of wires and all that stuff that's over there just sort of ripping all that out and then having to crawl behind all that stuff again and just the whole process it's gonna be an ordeal
0: uh, you know what just uh I sent this to you I think and I know I put this on uh, my disappearing Twitter but um just for what it's worth i I, I uh boy, there's this one channel I really like on YouTube that's it's an acronym it's like computer archive something something and it's mainly like old like either ephemeral industrial videos or uh you know just promotional videos mainly for like old IBM stuff but it's a it's really really fun um and one of the ones was this oh oh you saw this what was it called it was the it was for this the Sony was it for the Sony wait you told me this cuz you had this this was your first grown up tv right it was the Sony Trinitron but their new like new for 1991 system mm-hmm. of like here's the here's the tv room of the future and it's it, it's a really fun video. It's it's very silly and because it's industrial, of course it's got jargon and stuff. But as I pointed out, I believe, when I sent it to you, not a cord in sight, not a cable in sight. Yep.
1: No, even then. Can,
0: even then they were really they were really ahead of the curve even well, back then. The good thing
1: was when the TVs were there, you know, the size of the top half of a refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Uh it was really easy to hide cables behind there because it totally blocked your view of what was going on behind the television. But now they're also wispy and slight that uh you really have to be more clever to hide all those cables.
0: Yep. Yep. Um I want to find a link to um Sony Turnitron video.
1: I remember the video you're talking about. I don't remember where it was. Did I send it to you messages? Did you send it to me? I don't know.
0: Oh, I'll find it. No, it's it'll be in my history. Live streams. Um live streams. I need live streams. <laughs> um yeah, it'll be in my history. But uh God, those old videos are so, some of the, the, there's one where they're, what's the, what's the big one? The big famous one in the first, like, I don't know if it was considered a mini computer, but the uh, four numerals, IBM, uh, 80. No, what was it called? The 20, 30, something like that. But it was this amazing video showing you like (laughs) serving suggestions. Like if you bought the entire suite of IBM interconnected uh, mini or whatever mainframe computer, like all this stuff that you could do. It's got a tabular. It's got a card reader. It's just, it's, it's just. I, I, I don't know. There's something very comforting to me about watching those old videos. It makes me feel good. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Burrow. You can learn more about Burrow right now by visiting burrow.com slash rd. Burrow is a new kind of furniture company that are dedicated to fixing all of the things that annoy you about furniture shopping. All of them? Well, that's what they're trying to do. (sighs) They started with an award-winning modular sofa and then expanded to the rest of the living room with coffee tables, rugs, and more. And now they're bringing their innovative design to the bedroom. Burrow is proud to launch everything you need to build your ideal bedroom, including a solid hardwood bed frame, cooling mattresses. Wow. Wow modular dressers and a clever nightstand keeping all those features people love about their living room furniture it's simple to assemble you get premium materials stable construction and their famous smart features they're all built in to these bedroom designs and if you're not in the market for bedroom furniture right now well they just released their new field sectional sofa a perfectly balanced design available in all new extra luxurious fabric And one of the great things about Burrow is that every order is delivered directly to your door for free, and that can save you well over $100 when it comes to big stuff like couches or beds. You know, they didn't ask me to say a personal thing here, so I hope I'm not going to get in trouble, but I wanted to say a personal thing. A a well-known thing that's a true thing is that I have a Burrow sofa uh, another true thing is that i bought it before they were sponsor and, and i didn't even use a, a code to buy it and i like it a lot um i love my family well i love burrow too but I, I love my family and my kid is in that family but my kid is a sloppy sloppy chocolate eater sorry honey um and, and that means that sometimes i have to i have to clean the couch and, and here's the thing i spray a little stuff on there I I, I I let it smoosh in a little bit and then i vacuum it off and and you know then the then the chocolate mess is gone. And I really like that. It's a really good couch. I sit on it so much. It's unseemly. Uh, and you should probably get one too. And this is a good time because uh, listeners to the Reconcilable Differences program can get $75 off their first order. You just go to burrow.com slash rd. That's rd. Hmm. Uh, burro com slash rd for $75 dollars off please go check them out our thanks to burrow for supporting reconcilable differences and all of relay fm uh john big week uh you uh, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna make fun i know i know you like to kid about how infrequently you update your weblog or blog but uh you had a couple posts this week and uh, on the heels of uh really it's, it's it's catching fire across america uh, we are famously, I think both of us, uh, you know, it's Anna Karenina times too. It's, like it's like we're the Anna Karenina twins. We, uh, we both have our beefs with streaming apps, apps in particular, but just so much of the experience of watching streaming TV can be such a pain. And it is a thing. Just this very day, I listened to uh, the wonderful Relay podcast downstream. It's just all about streaming TV. Like this is how we watch TV now. And you um, took the time to collect your thoughts on streaming apps and i would love it if uh you would share that with the class and I, I have a few little notes to add but uh tell the folks what you did yeah so i think i um, what i said on the last episode is what i actually did for my first post which
1: is uh describe uh, the features the minimum features needed for a streaming uh video app um, I called it an unsolicited streaming app spec. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the type of uh, set of requirements that you might hand over to someone. And you're not telling them how to build their thing. And in this case, I'm not even telling them all the features that it's going to have. Just saying, at a minimum, it's got to do all these things and then feel free to add on top of that.
0: And I was, yeah, we used to call it uh, a spec or uh, the other thing we would say is requirements. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you how to design this or how to implement this, but there needs to be a way to see whatever thing I was last watching. Like, you guys figure out the best way to do that, work with your designers, but that, that's the requirement.
1: Yeah, I didn't, I didn't put it in, right you know, it's not really requirements because if you're doing real product requirements, you wouldn't do it the way I'm doing them. I mean, you start making personas and use cases and do all, like, I didn't do that here um, because I want it to be readable to regular and move people. move your story
0: over into the parking lot. Yeah, there, mm-hmm. but,
1: I mean, a lot of those things, we make fun of it, but a lot of those practices are there for a reason, so. Oh,
0: I, 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 I've told you before, my, my old boss, who I learned, so much from, if you think I'm dumb now, imagine what I was like in 1999. And he's the one who would always just plow me over and over to define the functionality, define the functionality. You can't just say stuff like there has to be a way to get cookies. Yeah, I mean, we'll help you with a lot of this. We, we the uh, engineer class. But like, you're going to have to be the one who defines what the functionality is. Like, And that's where I learned how to do. That's where I learned about Jesse James Garrett. That's where I first learned about IA and Jesse's uh, flows you know, for, for moving through a site that were just, just such a, a a mind blower to me, but in the, you know, in the language that you have and with the skills that you have, tell me what this thing needs to do. And that's, I think that's what she did. Um, you did a real nice job. And did you get a lot of pushback from people saying either, I'm sure you got a lot of everything, but did, did a lot of people say like, oh, this isn't enough, or this is too much to expect, or like,
1: I mean, not really. Like, that's part of the reason why I wanted to avoid saying it. it's got to have a button to do this. It's got to have a scroll thing to do that. It's got to do this because that gets into the implementation details that people could find objection to. So mm-hmm. I, I, I tried to avoid them. Even when I mentioned them, I just gave it as an example. I would say it has to do X and Y and Z. And I might say, because this sounds weird, like if you describe, like, let me look at one of my uh, requirements. Like, if you describe the ability to go to any arbitrary position in the video, mm-hmm. right? Um, people are like, what are you talking about? Go to a position, you know, skip forward backward to some arbitrary position. What does that even mean? How, because people aren't used to hearing it that way. And I had to put some text that says, this is most often accomplished with a scrubber on a video timeline.
0: And that's exactly what the engineering class would say is like, it works fine for me.
1: Right. And so like when I say, oh, oh, a scrubber, I'm saying, but you don't have to have a scrubber on a video timeline. You just need the ability to accomplish this task. And the task is, and this is starting to get closer into use cases, my friend told me that I should, you know, look at 20 minutes and 30 seconds into this thing to see a funny scene, right? Mm-hmm. How do I go from, okay, I brought up the video. How do I go to 20 minutes and 30 seconds? Well, you could pop up a box and have them type the numbers in. Most people don't do that. Mostly they have a, a like a, a little timeline on the bottom and you grab this little handle called the scrubber and you drag it until you see the little numbers, say 20 minutes and 30 seconds or whatever, and then you let go, Right. That's, mm-hmm. But there's lots of ways to accomplish it. I'm just saying that has to be a thing that's possible because if it isn't, it drives people nuts. Like, what's the alternative? If you don't have that, your only choices are, let's say you have all the other features. Go to the all-way the way at the beginning, go all-way the way at the end, or hit like the 30-second skip button a whole bunch of times, or mm-hmm. maybe play at a faster speed. All those well, things are terrible.
0: C- Siri is actually really good at that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, voice control. Like, Go, go, the,
0: forward, like, go forward 11 minutes. Or right.
1: Or, you know, bring me to this timestamp,
0: Right. Um,
1: so that's, so I'm describing the feature, but not saying you have to do it in any one of these ways. I'm just saying mm-hmm. being able to do this has to be possible because think about what it would be like to use a video player to just give this one example that had no way to do this. No way at all. No voice control, no popping up a box type of numbers in no dragging a scroll thumb. It's you, maybe you wouldn't notice it and you wouldn't care until the time when, when you like, oh, I want to, I watched the first 45 minutes of this. So I want to go to 45 minutes in, or my friend told me to go look at this thing. And you realize you can't do it that way. And then you're sitting here going 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, <laughs>
0: 30, to skip your way to it. And, and if, and if it's a, the thing is though, just I, like so many of these things, it'll sound self-evident until, well, gestures broadly, you look at what's out there, but also until you go up against reality which is that like when I'm, if I'm, uh, God forbid, I'm watching something on my office Plex at home with my 17 <laughs> megs up connection. Uh, there's a lot of like, I, I, I mean, I know how to click the button, scroll, you know, then just slide with the middle button, slide pretty far right and hit enter, but sometimes it doesn't get it or sometimes it times out. Right. So the thing is for everything that we're asking for here, it also has to then be sustainable inside of actual reality. and. I'm just here to say, like, uh, as disappointing as my uh, upload speeds are, that's a damn sight faster than a lot of people in America. So you're going to be really up against it. Again, if you're in that notional Airbnb somewhere that has satellite internet, that's, that's going to be crazy frustrating. Or what if, what if you are an Apple Watcher and you go, oh, man, I, I just got my first Apple TV. I can't wait to use this new way of scrubbing. Which, as far as I can tell, works in maybe two, maybe three apps. If you do what they did on stage to show you, so, so the idea is in Apple TV now, you do this bizarre touch at the top of the dial. You, I think you have to pause it first. And then you do what you do like this weird touch on both rings. And then it turns into a little spinny guy. Like, how many apps have you tried that in that it worked in? I can't even remember. I think I did that like once or twice when the feature first it works came in out. Apple TV. Now- it works in the Apple TV app in the movies and you know so stuff in Apple TV the app and inside movies and TV. Uh, but generally, if you do exactly what they just showed you how to do, just showed you, if you do what they showed you how to do months ago, which has been public for at least a couple months, right? If you do that, you know it'll happen. It'll inch forward just a tiny bit, and then as your thumb goes from five o'clock to six o'clock, it'll start going backwards because it doesn't know that it's supposed to be a spinny thing. If you're inside Hulu or wherever and do this, if you're not doing the classic, you know, back, left, back, left, back, left. If you're doing the thing that they showed you how to do at WWDC, I, I would be surprised if there's five apps I have that that works in. I feel like it might be more like two. But there's there's all kinds of things to this, and yeah, like you said, it's not that people can figure out what's what scrubbing is or with the right name. You could say even fast forward because everybody every remote's different in a lot of you know places. But it's boy, just one very overarching. If I had a, a, a pissy negative thing to say about Apple TV, it's the same thing I've been saying for years, which is it feels like I use this a lot more than the people who made it, and that includes the people who tested it. Where like I don't consider myself an edge case. I I'm not using. I'm not like I haven't hacked it or tried to sideload things. I'm not doing weird stuff. It's all stuff from the app store. And it's still it's amazing to me how how much it sometimes feel like nobody's nobody who loves TV or movies has used this as much as I do or they'd be a little frustrated as well.
1: And it almost kind of feels like, um, you know, I mean, to spoil the ending of this thing, I list this bunch of specifications that are the basics. And then I, I take some examples that, you know, the upshot yeah, is yeah. Uh, there's
0: pretty much no. From the real world, like I went to Netflix because I was watching yeah. this. And here's what I, here's when I tried to find that show. Here's where it wasn't.
1: Yeah. Th- there's no popular app that checks all of these boxes. And these are not the boxes of like, here's the wish list of my amazing, my per- most amazing perfect app. No. It's not that at all.
0: You didn't open by saying, I, I, first of all, X-Ray must be copied and improved in every app. That was at the end. No, no I didn't say that. Like I said, you just had to no, do that. No, no, the... I'm saying you didn't. But at yeah. the end, you said, hey, just copy a good feature. Here's, well, I, you know, X- I was,
1: what I was saying with the end was like, nobody lives up to the basics. But even if you lived up to all the basics, you would have not a very good app. Because, okay, so you have all the basic functionality, but is your app good? Does it have good features? No, it would just have the basics. And on top of that, you should add good features. And there's yes. lots of ways to add good features. You can have you can you know, ask somebody who has ever, to your point, ask someone who has ever used one of these, and I bet they'll have a lot of good ideas. But say you can't think of any good ideas, and say you refuse to talk to people who use your app. Just copy your competitors, for crying out loud. There's yeah. lots of good features out there that you can take, but it's like no one can be bothered. They, these, these companies seemingly can't be bothered to implement the basic features. It's almost like their main test scenario is, you know, does the play button work? And that's mm-hmm. like, well, no one will ever need anything but the play button. And so they're just like, well, the play button continues to work. And they're like, oh, we have a crisis. The play button not working Oh, We got it working again. But what about skipping yeah. forward? What about skipping back? What about pausing? What about turning subtitles on and off? What about the things that people actually do when they're watching? I know most of the time you're just playing, right? But until mm-hmm. you, like, if you think, oh, I never need to do this until somebody says, oh, you know, I saw the first 45 minutes of this. Can we skip to 45 minutes in? And you go, okay, skip to 45 minutes in. Um, Say, and then you have occasion to do that. And say your app doesn't have that feature. How many times do you have to hit 30 second or worse, 15 second skip to get that far in?
0: I'll give you a very specific example of that one. Uh, for a while, I was subscribed to something called Broadway HD, which is pretty much what it sounds like. It's a lot of Broadway shows plus a ton of Shakespeare, like BBC stuff. That player, it was the most sort of incomplete and hostile thing I've ever used. It really was like trying to cue or rewind and just like not even knowing where you were. It took so long for it to catch up to wherever you dropped, you know, further down the line. I I have one last part of this opening remark, and you're only making me really uh, bring the thought together in my head right now. And, And I'm not trying to drag anybody about this, but, you know you take something like, like, for example, I, I mean, again, not to beat up, but like, let's say with Hulu. Yeah. Hulu is how we watch live TV and a lot of other TV and the Hulu service is good. Like pretty good. Uh, I think there's a the service is okay, but almost every other part of it falls down from nose to tail. I mean, certainly including, Oh, asterisk, asterisk, Asked, Even though you have the most tricked-out Hulu plan, some things still have ads. That's just how it goes. Well, isn't it weird that more and more things seems just always have ads, and I don't know why? Okay, well, that's not the fault of the person who designed the interface. That's not the fault of the person who tried to, like, hopefully, like, perfectly time, you know, when something changes from this to that based on when you move. Every single one of them falls short. So, like, my main beef with Hulu in the past has been it's so frustrating to me when you have to navigate that all-important horizontal ribbon to get over to where you want to be, and you have to so carefully mouse to stay within the constraints that make it think, you know, it's like you ever select something from a menu on a Mac, and there's some one thing in there that's really long, and you have to do this weird, like, reverse J gesture to try and get close enough to where the, not the call out, but the, you know, the, the deeper menus are, and you have to, like, get just to cope. But what I'm saying is, like, nobody's blameless in this. I, or I don't think I mean, I don't know, but I'm just saying from the way that all these work, sometimes it's because let's just say it, something being difficult to use does not usually have a single reason why it's difficult to use in my experience anyway, like when we say design, well, what do you mean by design? Well, design also can encompass information architecture, like you describing how you know there's a taxonomy to this, or as you put, it, I think, a hierarchy. So like there's a TV episode that's inside of a TV season that's inside of a TV show, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Well, that, that could fall short on how that was even just designed um, with a flow on paper or whatever the TV version of UML is. It could be because of that. It could be because of the sensitivity that like nobody expected it to be this sensitive when you're moving around in this area the more levels of design like the way that it looks how's the contrast on the t- on the text to get my back though it's like it's not because any one thing needs to be fixed across the board it's just there does not seem to be a sense of iterative polish to what people have done to where you know like i, I always could think it's such a, a feat when i can get my good password on the first try With Dots Will Echo, it really feels like I've passed a skills challenge. It shouldn't need to feel like a skills challenge to use your TV. And every aspect of this, from the deals that are struck to like how the software gets updated and everything in between, could see room for improvement on a lot of this. And then the part that's not any given app or service's fault but is a problem is that, yes there's some consistencies and there's some reusable UI and there's some reusable player stuff. And there's probably definitely some like requirements from Apple about what's in menus and things like that. But you have there, and it, we're truly back to Anna Karenina now because each one can be crappy in a slightly different way for a slightly different reason. And then when you take it together, cumulatively, this has gone from being a fun off time thing to being something that's like a little bit weirdly stressful.
1: Yeah, that's kind of the holistic nature of a an actual good application that you just described is the thing I think I failed to communicate as well as I should have in this post is that like how far away like this very narrow view of list of features gets you, how, how far away you still are, even if you fill all this from having a good app. I didn't, mm-hmm. for instance talk about bugs and performance, but you just talked about it. you can have You can have a perfectly designed app, but if it's slow or laggy, it destroys the usability of features. All the other stuff you put about, can I read it? Does it make sense? Is it easy to use? Is it responsive? That's nowhere in this document. I'm right. starting from so far down the stack, down to like, before we even try to make an app, what things must it do before we add the frills, before we decide how to design it? Like the minimum bare bones. You mentioned the information hierarchy, right? You can have lots of cool hierarchies. By all means, go nuts. Make a really awesome app that lets people slice and dice the information and view it from interesting angles and do all this stuff. But you must, must, must just support the basic hierarchy
0: somewhere in there because it is the intrinsic hierarchy. What happens if I hit menu right now? Well, menu, I mean, first of all, there's that weird thing where they they claimed the TV button. To be for what? Go to home. It's always the first thing I shut off. You can switch it to the back to the way it used to be. But yeah. you know, I mean, we learned this in the age of the iPod, and it was clever because of the ridiculous—you know, not ridiculous, but the the serious um, hardware constraints of this thing. You can spin left, you can spin right. There's a do button, right? But like menu, this that one button that's now I think a left, not a chevron, but you know, the left arrow. That's back. That's menu. That means so many different things. And does it matter? Yeah, it does. And here's why. John and Merlin are watching a video and somebody says, oh, what episode is this? I have to stop and think about which app I'm in. Am I in HBO Max? Am I on YouTube? And you know where I'm going with this because it's in your, in your uh, piece. But I have to stop for a second and try to remember whether this is one of the apps where just tapping, not, not, a, not a click, but a touch. Just there's somewhere a light touch on the do button? will will pop up what you're watching. There are ones though I want to say, like h b o Max, where you have to fully arrow out and go up a level. hope it remembers where you were. That's much more if you want to see what it is that you're watching, you might have to stop watching it again, you covered this, but it's not even always consistently broken in the same way. It's just that I, I'm going to stop the flow of having a nice, easy time with my family. To like get a little bit stressed out about wondering what button to hit to find out which episode of Community this is, and I, I think that's weird. I think that should be addressed.
1: Yeah, the, the it was one of my requirements because it is a common thing that ha- if you again All if you if you do if you do more than simply Especially check the play button, you think play it button it forgot works. where you are. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean, the thing that comes up with me a lot is uh, because of other things that are not in this document, like bugs and other misfeatures and usability. The question. Like, you'll somehow find your way into the application, you'll somehow find, and we'll get to this in a second, the thing that you were previously watching, and you'll press the button to say, yeah, okay, show me that, and it will start playing, and then you'll look to the person next to you and say, is this the, did we already see this one last week, or is this the new episode? And that's the time when you want to know. Like, I need to see something <laughs> that such shows such a good me. example. i have have such I, a good example. Have I just started watching the same one that we watched last week? Because I can't remember because too much stuff goes by. And so I want to know, show me the episode number. Better than yet, show me. And this is, I didn't hammer on this much, uh, this too much either. But like, back in the day of TiVo, if you had this question, you would, without even thinking, just go back to the list and you could see the shows with the green dots versus they had their own little visual that, language. Wasn't
0: there a dedicated info button?
1: Yeah, but I mean, setting that aside, like what okay. I'm saying is like in TiVo,
0: it was you always, always you always knew that when you hit, like, the in that case, the left, left. yes, the
1: left was yeah. bat, uh, was lower down the hierarchy, right was you know, farther in, right? Yeah, and then M- and upper you up would see back. Yeah. the show list and show lists. You could like uh, take Noop. off your glasses Noop. and unfocus Noop. your eyes, and you could still squint at the show list and know, here are the ones I watched and here are the ones I didn't because they'd have green dots or they'd have no dots on them, or they have little progress right.
0: bars, and it was just By like. Right. Here's all the new, I could just show me the I could see the new, and it would show you there's the, the titles.
1: Film. And you'd be like, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we saw this episode, this episode, or this episode. And I see, because you'd, you'd see it in the progress bars, you'd see we just started this episode, and the progress bar is just filling, and that was the previous one we watched. And there's so many ways you could confirm it on TiVo. And yes, you could hit the info button, it would always just show you the show you're watching. You know, like, there are so many ways you could answer that question. Um, and setting aside what you just said, which is consistency on Apple TV, which is just in the nature of it being like an app platform and not a mm-hmm. single thing like TiVo. I didn't mention that here either. I'm just saying within the realm of single application, there has to be a way to do this. It is so fraught because not only do you not know how to do it in terms of, you know, gentle touch, swipe down from top, pause or not pause, hit the back button. But if you choose poorly, and this has happened to me many times, uh, you know, I can't figure out how to see what episode I'm watching. So I'll just go back. I'll hit the left, you know, the left, less than sign, the chevron. Mm -hmm. And that throws me into like, god knows where but it certainly doesn't show throw me into a list of the the shows from this season it's like you asked for directions
0: and then somehow landed in a casino and
1: i'm like i'm back on the home page i'm like this doesn't help me and sometimes i'm back on the home page and i can't even find a way to resume watching the show that i was just watching it's like well what happened there like well i couldn't figure out a way for it to tell me what i was watching now and hitting quote unquote back sent me you know, like it's right, right, right. <laughs>
0: you, you, you didn't realize you were at what it considers the top level, or maybe you hit it twice or something. But like suddenly, now you're on, you get the big bloop. I get the simplex sometimes, which I have to say is especially for a free ish app is pretty great for a lot of this stuff. But yeah, you'll you find yourself, you've been deposited back on the homepage. And it's like when Dr. Manhattan, you know, sends Rorschach, you know, out of the building and he materializes on the street, you're know, yeah. like, well, how did I get out here?
1: And it's fine to have ways to jump around like that, but you still have to support the the basic hierarchy. And And I would argue that that basic hierarchy should be, you should be able to navigate that unconsciously again, like you can with TiVo. My, you know, my, well, you look at your shows and then within each show you'd go in and there'd be a date ordered list and those lists in TiVo were sortable. Like, and it was just simple up, down, left, right, <laughs> select. Like, it was, it was uh, very- Everything was, very was mo-
0: good about TiVo mostly, except for when you, if you didn't know the trick- and you wanted to rearrange the priorities in your schedule, and you had a long list. Yeah, no, was remember a bad how interface. long it would take for it to like?
1: Yeah, it would take a long time, and it was slow and a bad performance, and that was not a great interface. But Tivo got the basics right. They they defined a simple visual language and a small set of actions and metaphors, and they applied it consistently. And once you learned that, you could navigate the whole Tivo interface. Was it the most efficient thing? No, you could have been improved upon. Yes, th- certainly, but. They got the basics right. Many of these things don't get even the basics right, which is why everyone feels like they're at sea. So mm-hmm. anyway, I did this post. I, I rated some, I rated, I went through some apps to show all the ways that they fail to
0: comply, which is sad because they're very, you know, well-known apps. Well, can I, can I ask about a point of personal privilege? I know you don't want to just read the whole article to everybody, but you did break this down into sections. Could I prevail upon you to tell people the section in the bolded text? Is that too much? Because I wouldn't assume people read this.
1: Yeah, sure. Well, they'll read it after the show because they just love to
0: read my annual blog post. Wow. Maybe you are a man of faith. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting Squarespace.com slash diff. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and for growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, you can engage with your audience, and you can sell anything your products, services, even the content that you create, Squarespace has got you covered. Uh, there's, there's so much great stuff in there. What do you do? Well, they have they have insights that'll help you to grow your business. If you've ever wondered where your site visits and sales are coming from and uh, which channels are the most effective, you can analyze all of that in Squarespace. Once you got that data, you can improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords or most popular products and content. You're not going to get that everywhere. That is for sure. Uh, You know, you can get started with best-in-class website templates, and you can customize them to fit your needs. It's as easy as browsing the category of your business to find a perfect starting place, and then you can go and customize it, make it your own, really, with just a few clicks. And, you know, do you guys remember blogging? Does anybody remember blogging? Well, Squarespace has powerful blogging tools to share stories, photos, videos, and updates. This is on your site, understand. You're not going to go put this on somebody else's site. This is your Squarespace site you be able to categorize, share, and schedule your posts to make your content work for you. It's, it's, it's all in there. Really amazing. I've used Squarespace forever. I continue to use it um, almost every week. Uh, <laughs> it's not Squarespace's fault. But as often as we record, Roderick on the line, that is where I put the show notes and the, the audio files. And it's always been there. And I hope to shout. I, th- I think it probably always will be. So right now, please go. You head out to squarespace.com diffs at D-I-F-F-S. Get a free trial. No credit card required. When you're ready to launch, use our extremely special offer code DIFFS to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. I'm going to say it again, squarespace.com slash DIFFS. When you decide to sign up, use that offer code DIFFS for 10% off your first purchase. It, it puts you in the driver's seat of, of a really great uh, company. And uh, did I get that right? Well, you're, you're going to get a good thing. And it also you know, shows your support for John Syracuse, which he, which he secretly uh, craves. Um, we really do appreciate it. Uh, our thanks to Squarespace for supporting reconcilable differences and all of relay f m so uh, yeah,
1: just the bold by- and the reason I put bold in here because I know people don't want to read all the stuff it's a it's not a very exciting post or whatever. So I just put the bold in. so, if you're skimming, you'd get the gist of it if mm-hmm. you just read the bold lines um yeah there's a little intro numero, to explaining numero uno what's number one john gotta have it yeah and i put this as the number one thing for uh for a reason um and when i talk about the next blog post we'll see uh launch experience on launch it must be immediately obvious how to resume watching whatever you were previously watching right that's pretty self-explanatory um, that is the most common task. You launch uh, some app. You probably want to keep watching whatever you're watching before.
0: Um, if, if I'm watching episode six, we had this, I have to tell you very quickly. Um, uh, Madeline and I started, um, inventing Anna, on uh, different at different times, and I- I'm 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 usually willing. To, like if it's a show I really like a lot, all even though it's trash, it's good trash, and I'll go back and watch again. And I I'd, I'd shotgun like four in one night. John, I swear to God, and I will come back to yours in a minute. So many of these came together in this one experience. So she's watching her, some on her account. I'm watching them on my account. We're through an episode, and I keep waiting for this one episode I really liked a lot, where she meets this lawyer, uh, played by Anthony Edwards. Uh, not important, except to say we're we're through this. And then I say, wait a minute. I say, is this the first time you've seen him? And she goes, uh, yeah. I'm like, well, you're positive you didn't see an episode that was mostly about him. And we're in like episode six or seven at this point. It, it all, all of these goof-em-ups and human errors all come together in this one experience where I'm like trying to scrub through the episode to look for scenes I knew were in it. While at the same time not spoiling it. You know, you know, high on my list is give me a button to start from beginning like HBO Max has. If I hand my kid the Dark Phoenix episode or a Dark Phoenix issue of uh, Uncanny X-Men, I don't want the kid to open it up to the page where Gene's dead and then go, oh, I have to go flip back to the beginning. That's I hate that, right, so there's that I'm trying to get around that, but like because of the because of the way we were doing this with two different accounts and watching it at different times and watching it out of order, I really thought I was losing my mind. I could not find this episode because I thought the episode was later than it was. then finally, I was like let's stop, just look away for a minute. Let me just go back through old episodes until I find which one this is, and that sounds like not a big deal, and it's really not because I'm pretty good at dealing with this, but at the same time. All of the blipping and the blooping and the upping and the backing and the scrubbing. Because remember, in most of these instances, Netflix also has play from beginning, which I think is, again, table stakes, personally. But like, it was was one of those things where it's like, this should be, I love that we have all these options, but this should all be so much easier and, again, less stressful than it is right now. How do I even find out which episode I'm watching of how many? And like, it all just came together in this, and I finally fixed it and we watched it, and it, it is my favorite episode of that show. But like, it's just... There, there's, they're small stakes, but they're still stakes. If it's a movie you love and you're showing it to somebody you you treasure, you'd really rather they not see what's printed on the sled that's going into the oven. You know what I mean? Like it's, you know, I, and I, I'm, I'm not nearly as prickly about spoilers as a lot of people, but like it's really all. So you can get, remember where it was when I stopped watching this two years ago, but you can't remember the show that I was watching last night. Like, I know those are different problems, but to the user, they feel that is a, that is a very contradictory, paradoxical uh, error. You, you remember this, but you can't remember that. That's really frustrating.
1: There there are some nuances to that that we'll get to when we get to the third item here. So the second one we already covered, which is uh, information architecture exposed and support the intrinsic information hierarchy of the media. Most media has some sort of intrinsic hierarchy You have to at least support that. You should, can and should support lots of other things, slicing and dicing. This is where we get
0: to TV episodes live inside of seasons that live inside of programs.
1: Right. And then episodes have people who make them and that people appear in other episodes. There's a basic information
0: hierarchy. Episodes have guest stars and directors.
1: Right. Yeah. And and you should never, you know, they should all connect together in a basic way. There are lots of other ways to look at it to say, like, I want to see all the movies directed by this person. Or as you point out, like in the Disney things, I want to see... The Marvel movies in release order, or the Marvel movies in chronological order, or I want to see me all the
0: Christmas episodes of NBC sitcoms.
1: Exactly, uh, all the special episodes of Doctor Who that are not part of any particular season. Like this. oh, of... Doctor
0: Who is a mess on yeah. iTunes. It's rough.
1: There's so, there's so many fancier ways to do it, but I'm saying, all right, that's the fancy stuff. That's not in the spec, and the spec just says you must at minimum support the basic hierarchy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. that all the episodes of Doctor Who must be under Doctor Who. And when you're within a season of Doctor Who, you must be know the, where that season lies in respect to the other seasons and where the episode yeah. lies within that season.
0: I, I know there's snow, and it's got Richard E. Grant and Ian McKellen, but I don't like if you try and find cuz it's it's a story for obvious reasons told somewhat out of order and it might be like oh why have not we talked about Tenzalore for uh for a season like how do I find the one but like i've bought i don't even realize how many pieces and parts of Doctor Who i own in different places I'll try and get a screen grab for you. But it is, it is. I do have one that's like, just this, the Matt Smith Christmas episodes, part one. Or like, here's all the ones with Cylon. Not Cylons, with um, Daleks or whatever. But like, try and find it. And then it's like, do you want to complete your season? And you're like, no, dude. You re- you're remembering this as a different skew. This episode called The Snowman. You're remembering the skew for this, or you know the skew for this as a, a member of the collection I'm browsing. But isn't there a way that it could maybe remember if I own this md5 identical thing (laughs) that you should be able to know that i can watch it here or how do i i got to go up two layers and start over maddening then number three that's a good one this is a good one
1: yeah state preservation this is for most applications this is kind of what you were getting at um like the app app, in the moment you're doing it the app knows what you're doing right and it could choose Mm -hmm. to save that information computers are good at this right that's state preservation keeping track of what you watched and when you watch it and how far you are through it. Did you finish it? Did you go to the middle? At what point are you? you can, they're computers. They can keep track of all this. It's not that much information. <laughs> it's tiny pieces of information. Yes. People don't watch millions of television shows per day. The amount of data here is very small, right? But the, the thing that's crucial about this is that that state information, as far as the user is concerned, that's, that's precious information. It's the same uh-huh. way like a word processor wouldn't throw away text that you typed because a word process, if you're making a word processor, you know like yeah, sometimes you lose what you typed, but most of the time we save it.
0: No. Well, like, well, like maybe yeah. more saliently, if you'd gone into preferences and said that from now on the metadata for all my documents should say that they're written by John Syracuse, it shouldn't just forget that a couple times a week for reasons that aren't clear. And there's also, I don't know if this is an actual term, but I'm gonna call it implicit metadata. If it is remembering, quote unquote, that you were at minute 36 when you went to bed and, you know, went home or whatever. The the last minute you saw was minute 36 of this episode of Doctor Who. Well, it seems like there's metadata or stuff that you could infer outward from that. Like, you could say if he's at minute 36 of The Snowman, well, we know that, and he's watching here, he's this far into this uh, series or or season, as you say. We also know that that's a show called Doctor Who, and we know that if, if we keep it in this little holding area called My Stuff or Currently Watching, that's implicit in what you just did. It, you derive a lot of other useful things, starting with what was the minute when I paused or quit. There's a lot that you could use out of that metadata to make the whole experience better, including a Currently Watching, as I'll, in my pitch, my three sections I want are favorites, meaning stuff like Parks and Rec that I'm not watching right now, but I will watch again. Always sunny things I'm currently watching. Right, I have at least started an episode or this this movie, whatever that's currently watching. And the third one is what you know you might call wish list or to watch later. And those are all those are all really really important. And and they they if they if they're not different you oughtn't be surprised if people are confused. But what you're describing is way worse, I think, which is like like a Netflix kind of thing where you're like, wait a minute, all I did was go and do this thing and I came back and now I can't see, I was on the second episode of Tiger King and it's nowhere to be found. Where do you go? You know, whose manager do you speak to to find that? That's bananas that you don't have it right there looking at you.
1: What you're talking about with the whole different kinds of lists and everything is the main reaction people had to this article in terms of like, uh, of them providing their own things lots of people have ideas of how they think their app should work beyond the basics which again it's 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 irresistible you read this and you're like okay great but here's my specific idea but this right. this subpoint about state preservation was simply two things one that uh that the the, the amount of data that goes by here is not a lot and that the, that the app knows it at the time that it happens and two that it should save it and treat it uh as as uh you know don't be casual with it. Like, don't be like, well, if we lose all that state information, it's not a big deal. Who cares, right? Treat it just mm-hmm. as as a uh, valuable uh, piece of data as text typed into a word processor. Now, say you do that. The app has all this data and saves it all. Does that mean that it has to do, you know, take action based on all this information? No, some of this information... Mm-hmm. maybe you just don't care about or isn't relevant now. Some of it, maybe you'd look at an
0: aggregate. It's probably very valuable to the company in terms of knowing what it is you've... I think they look at things like what you've abandoned. But if it if you can't go back to where you were, let's say it does remember you're at minute 36. Well, let's see also rule zero, rule one, launch experience. How do you go find the place where you're... The thing that you're 36 minutes into? That That's that's why that's your why launch experience is is up at the top. If I went away to to make it 2 and I come back and I have to scroll through endless Netflix rows to try and find where quote unquote my stuff is and when I get to my stuff there's no telling whether what I was watching will even appear in there and from these from this data you could build heuristics of like
1: you know so increasingly sophisticated rules about determining I you guess know, so here is the data does this data mean that the person com- finished watching this or are they still right. watching it? Well, Marvel shows there's 15 a minutes sequence of sequence at the, and the end. We have something. to also know when the credits begin, like mm-hmm. and on and on. Right. That is not in this document. I'm just saying there's state. Yeah, yeah. You should preserve it all. And the reason you should preserve it all is all those ideas that people sent me as feedback. You can't do any of that unless you unless you have the information a to, to starting point. Then you can make up all your rules. Right?
0: No, you're right. It's like the soft. What do they, they call it? The soft um, racism of diminished expectations, or whatever it's called. We're so Stockholm syndrome about this stuff that, like, when it's not utterly broken, we feel like we oughtn't, you know, rock the boat. But you're, but yeah, you're right. I mean, when we say these are table stakes, well, what that means is it's the same thing as like if you were going to go and try and open a public school, there's a whole bunch of code stuff that you would have to get approved. There's a whole bunch of things. Like before you, I don't even care if you're a Montessori or Satan worshiping, like if it's not safe and the fire exits don't work, you're not going to open. That's what you're, that's what you're talking about here. We can't even get to like, do we want to be uh, Maria Montessori or our Lord Satan? We don't get to that decision if, if the, the doors are frozen shut because we don't know how to deal with that. And to just
1: uh, bring this on the opposite direction, what would happen if an app didn't do this? Like, what is, you know, uh, why, if if we said, okay, my app's not going to do this, I'm going to be super casual. (laughs) I'm going to be super casual with state information. Well, Mm -hmm. to give just one example, say you've been using Netflix for years and you've got a bunch of stuff that you watched and you're kind of in the middle of a couple of things at the same time and someone else is using it and they're watching a the movie and they're watching it, you know, like, and you just wiped all that information. Oops, we dropped it on the floor. We got rid of it, but it's not important. It's not like your data. It's like we were just keeping track of where you are and your shows and what you watch, but like <laughs> we just did a big reset and it's fine. And you launch that app and you're, it's like, but app, you were my outboard brain for this information. I don't remember where I was. I don't even remember all the shows that I was watching. That's your job, computer.
0: This contravenes. This contravenes our rule about as long as it's in the doc, you can always right, come back right. to it.
1: That like, and I and people delegate that to software, so they don't have to remember or write down on a little piece of paper. And if all that data went away, you're like, well, we didn't lose any data. It's not like we deleted their tax returns. It's not like we deleted their homework essay or something. It's like yeah, this wasn't real data. This was this was just state information. <laughs> Who cares? Uh-huh. Who cares? If you wiped everyone's Netflix state right now, a lot of people would be upset. And you know, and honestly, it's it it's behooves the app makers to keep that because people don't remember what they're in the middle of watching. John,
0: John, I'll, you know why I go down in Netflix and hit the thumbs up? I mean, one reason is I'm in a good mood because I liked what I saw. But if I'm being honest, I've watched so much dumb international murder crap on Netflix. I don't even remember which ones I've seen. I know I've seen I've seen all the Fire Firefest documentaries. I've seen all of the Extant. Theranos documentaries, there's just so many things, and it does really start to, like, when it's basically just a picture of a, of a black and white face half exposed with red letters on it, it all starts to look the same. I'll tell you what, I go down and hit that thumb so I can later remember that I watched it, because it doesn't say, you already watched this. It shows up as though I haven't, you know what I'm saying? Something like, oh, that woman who was, um, who was murdered in France. Um, like, you know, the things I watched, you know, over a weekend last summer and I'm like, oh, wait, is it this one or that one? I mean, there's a lot of, uh, de- a lot of uh, dead European blondes happening here. How do I remember hitting the thumb? Usually thumbs up. Yeah. Is like, I, uh, yeah, that's how I remember that I've watched this because Netflix does not remember it for me. Unless, unless, unless it shows up in that row, that, again, seemingly anarchic, you know, roll six sided dice row of watch it again. Which is, you know, it's fine. I like John Mulaney. I'll Well, God, yeah, of course I'll watch that again. Middle Ditch and Schwartz. Yeah, it's like, but for me, I would rather that live somewhere in a row that I call favorites. Right? But in that instance, like, it, it do you get that? Though? Do you ever get that on, on Netflix in particular? You ever get where it doesn't remember you've already seen this?
1: Also, that's the thing. So state preservation was this item of, like, keeping track. And I think Netflix is keeping track of this. But the very next section of the document, visual communication the Mm. things the app knows should be communicated visually to the user it's no good if your app does state preservation like your green dot in Tiva. if it never tells the user that so in your example i'm pretty sure netflix knows every single thing you've watched forever right Mm -hmm. but if it doesn't have a way to communicate that to you to say hey Here's the list of things that you watched or, hey, here's a thing. And by the way, we know that you've watched it before. Maybe we know that you've watched it six times and here are the dates and times you watched it. They know that information. But if they don't communicate it to you visually in the interface, that information mm-hmm. is no good to you. And so all you're left with is, like I said, a random collection of watch again. And when say you're searching and you go, did I watch this one with the I don't recognize the thumbnail, right. because, because Netflix changes the thumbnails. A B tests those all day long. Right. Um, did I watch this or not? Netflix probably knows, but if it's not communicated with
0: mm-hmm. pictures on the screen to you, that information is no good to you. Or like, could, could it have a different, um, could it be, I don't want to say grayed out, but something that indicates like a, a difference like that, changing those thumbs. What I'm not going to get into, but I want to just mention, cause I think it matters. There's so much stuff where you have to go somewhere. That's not where you are to do it. If you want to stop seeing animated, Th- um, You know, thumbnails in Netflix, you can do it, but you got to go to the web. You can't do that on your Apple TV. If I want to go, if I have to go to fandom.com to find which episode is the one where the lemon grabs get extra candy from Princess Bubblegum, I mean, you could try that with Siri. Siri's, Siri's pretty good as long as it can get to the thing you want. And remember, there's a different incantation for movies and TV. Remember that. If you want to watch the uh, 2011 movie Drive and you say, Hey, Dingus Drive, it says, basically does the equivalent of, I'm sorry, I can't do that, Dave. Like, I I don't have a car or something. And it makes a joke, right? There's all that kind of stuff. But now if I want to find out, and the reason I mentioned it here, if I want to go and like jog my memory further than a a two-sentence log line and like a constantly changing image, I have to go somewhere else. I have to use my computer or phone to go on the web. You know, there's so many things where if you want to change a bunch of stuff, if you want to change, now, not to drag Plex, but if you want to do anything interesting you know, with playlists, cues, and collections, which are kind of different in different places, you ain't going to do that on your TV. Like, you're going to have to go somewhere else to do that. And I didn't want to get too far into that, but, like, you, I end up resorting to, how, how do I do all these things? Well, state preservation? I have a notes file. <laughs> I have a notes file. That's so depressing. Um, you, for example, do you do, uh, not tracked. Is it tracked? Yeah, do, that's do you, the, that's you, the you, underlying
1: you, system. I use I use a different front-end app for it, but yeah.
0: But you know what I'm saying though, right? For all of these things, I think if we're being honest, to get more information about what this thing is, to get information about what else that person is in, you know what is great with that? Obviously Amazon, Plex also. Plex, you get a bunch of little faces and you can go and click and see anything else in your collection that has that person. And so you can do that. But like, there's just so many things where, and it's just too much to get into now, but I just want to mention like, if you do get frustrated about how this is operating and you're somebody like me or John's daughter's mother who likes knowing what else somebody was in, that's going to happen somewhere else. Remembering what you want to watch in the future, got to do it somewhere else. Because I'll never remember this is on Netflix. This is this on HBO max? I don't remember any of that stuff. And so when I add it to my notes file called watching, I also in parens, I have to say, you know, which service it's on. I know this is beyond what you're talking about here, but like, we're to get to the stuff. I guess my point is to get to the stuff that a lot of the stuff you're describing as the basic stuff or the table stakes stuff, even like mastering this stuff is inconsistent, inconsistently applied, inconsistently extant, and often needs to be needs you need an adjunct of this external system for finding or storing information about what you're doing. And I, I'm not sure every app needs to do that the same way and super well. But like it, sure, it should feel like find a word for me to locate the episode I was just watching on Netflix.
1: Yeah, we're more into that in the the second post because uh, your sentiments were echoed by many other people. Um, To wrap up the visual communication part, the other parts are like uh, things uh, things the app knows. It knows lots of stuff. I bet most of these things know the year uh, a thing was released, for example. Good luck finding that information. I bet they know some uh, information about the people who star in it. Good luck finding that.
0: The, ma- the master list of genres that's been going around for over a decade.
1: Yeah. Sometimes they can't even tell you the title. Um, sometimes the title is truncated and there's no way to see more of the truncated one. It's just like, this is
0: like a long. A and you long start like, you start mousing up and down with the up and down arrow to see if there's a, a hamburger or a triple dot that you missed for this, this plain gray page with white text on it that might have what you want on it. And then you menu back, menu back, menu back. And
1: so like, you know, this, this is information that is surely somewhere inside the application, but if it's not visually communicated, there's no way to see it. It doesn't do anybody any good. And so yeah. that is, you know, that's what that bullet point is. Then, and then the, the, the second to last bullet point, this is what the original post, my original idea of the post was just going to be this part, which is what does the video player screen look like when you're actually playing video? Obviously mm-hmm. when you're actually playing video, there's nothing on the screen ideally, except for the video, but if you want to do something with the video simple as pausing it or ask the question what am i watching here's what should be on that
0: screen and here the the, kill, the killer though that makes you so good and i agree is the one tap part that's where this gets complicated i can change subtitles in plex but that requires that requires a move up a swipe down a swipe right a selection That's if I have the subtitle. If I need to look for the subtitle, I'm going to need to go enter the proper name that it understands in search. But it ain't as simple as just hitting a button that says "Sub."
1: Yeah, and this this is like cycle
0: cycle through like you would in IINC or something. This is
1: like basic interface design of like the operations that you do most commonly should be easy to do, and the ones that are more complicated, you know, should be you do less often, right? And so Mm -hmm. uh, this there's some opinion being put in this, but I think in general the things you do most commonly are play, pause, skip forward and back by some fixed number of seconds enable, disable subtitles, not pick the subtitle language, not, but just toggle them on and off. I feel like because what you just described in many apps, it is such a long way to turn them on and then such a long way to turn them off. And the the worst is if you have a show that has lots of subtitles and you have to scroll to find English, like sometimes mm-hmm. it's inexplicably at the bottom of the list. because It's not even alphabetical, right? You will have to scroll right. through 16 other languages to get to English. It and just makes formats. the whole process yeah. so painful.
0: There's no way to toggle them. Skip to beginning and end of video. We've covered on past shows. You talked about that a lot. And and in it, but like also, no, I know we're we're talking some 202 two level here. But not, and also remember that as an English speaker, here's a, here's a thing to know about me. I almost always have subtitles on for everything. The subtitles are in English. And I do I do turn them off occasionally if it's something that's very visual and I don't want it to screw it up. But like I didn't maybe remember like with that, you know, one button sub hit select the first item under that menu wherever it lives. That's called that has English
1: or, or just to remember that if you always do that, that should be the default instead of you having to you'd manually turn them on every single thing that you watch.
0: Yeah, uh, it's you, like I don't
1: have to pick, you know, yeah. Slovak or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, some way to stop watching, which is like, you know, just some way to go back or close or whatever <laughs> some obvious way to stop watching because if there's no way to do that people will just like leave it paused which is not a good signal to the app um and then i listed some controls that have to be you have to be able to get at these without leaving the player but they can be more complicated select audio track i feel like that's not the type people aren't usually hopping audio track so it's okay if that's multi-step select the subtitle track again if you actually want to pick it do you want the what language do you want the subtitles to be in do you want the one with the descriptions or without so on and so mm-hmm. forth Skip forward and backward to some arbitrary position. That's the scrubber thing. Or it could be a box where you type in a timestamp or lots of different ways to do that. But you have to be able to do that. It just it doesn't need to be one tap, but you have to be able to do it. Um, and then following information has to be accessible without leaving the player. Uh, the title of the video, including all of its <laughs> hierarchical context. What am I watching? If it's, what and season? End, if it's a TV show, what, uh,
0: you know, S1, E6. Yeah. Or what, or what episode?
1: Yeah. What is the title? And again, the title I, I, It is shocking how many applications... Especially if the title is like, you know, my coolest show colon the whatever blah 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 right there's a there's a preamble like that all the titles
0: have like or even just the friends like the oh, one like with... on friends being the one where right. or right. the way sunny does the gang does something
1: exactly so now imagine this isn't uh, you know true because mo- this is too short but imagine if every single friends episode when you were watching the show if you pause it it's like this app is great when i pause it it shows the, one, me the, title the, the one where
0: dot 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 right it said <laughs> friends
1: colon season five colon the one where dot 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 and you'd be like That doesn't help me. What's after the dot, dot, dot? And it's like, sorry, the app has no way for you to see that information without leaving the now playing screen. That's a failure. So F, you know, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The duration of the video, the current playback position within it, and how much time remaining, a shocking number of applications don't give you all this information or they make you do math to figure it out. I don't think it's too much to ask. It's like three
0: numbers. Put them on the screen. Well, especially if it's late at night. Well, here's here's two that everybody knows, including you, but I'm going to mention two quickies because it's worth mentioning. There is a bunch of this that you can do with Siri. Uh, I don't want to use my voice a lot of the time. If we're watching something really serious, I don't want to, you know, and if you've got a HomePod and it's all hooked up, right, you can yell into the air, but you just talk into your remote and say subtitles on or subtitles off but you know it's a little whatever that that works um again what what did uh, what does she just say well i believe is what it is we'll we'll take you back a few seconds and turn subtitles on temporarily jumping to a time certain you can do not a time certain but you could say watch this from the beginning um which again should be a button but you can also say go forward 3 minutes go back 7 minutes stuff like that and then finally one that i don't know if people have ever noticed this but if you again if you're watching and you if you've um, if you've brought up the the what do you call it the 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 scrubber timeline what do you call that when you can when it's visible where you are on the line what do you call that when it's visible where you, like the the scroll so like you've gotten you've, you've let's say you've tapped on the do button just a little bit and then you can see whatever they've decided to show you when that happens you what do you call the the, the timeline i guess right the the big swim lane yeah the, the, the video timeline it's like a, it's like, like a horizontal. if it's late and you're wondering like my, my like last night for example she was like how much longer is this it's pretty cool if you do a really light tap when that's showing it'll sh- it'll change the relative times and i i think this is standard But one that's really cool is if you do like it's a long movie and you're not sure how far you are, you do a little quick tap and it'll show you if you keep watching it at this speed, you know, this is when the movie will be done, which is, I think, kind of cool. But it's certainly not obvious that you can do that. Did that make sense?
1: yep the main thing that most apps fall down on is they they show one or two of the things you mentioned but they usually tend not to show the duration which you you might think well no one never needs to see the duration mostly they just care about how far in are they and how far to go and like you said you could be fancy
0: and say okay well what time will you finish blah 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 yeah but when you're watching the olympics that matters if i want to get past if i want to see this those Slovenian girls uh when, when they're big uh downhill jump um I'm going to, and I have to say, I'll, if we have time, we'll mention this later, but I've been really impressed with Peacock so far. I bought it for the Olympics and I, it's not great. It's not perfect, but it's so much better than so many other apps. But, and they did such a good job of like cutting out the commercials. We're just going to show you you know, the ski stuff, but I don't want to watch all four hours of this. I don't want to watch the qualifying rounds. You know, at what point does this become the big ending? And that's where now you are going to have to scrub and guess and see where you are or use Siri to jump forward. But you're absolutely right. What you can expect, could, could you folks right now without off the dome, whatever you're in right now, if you hit whatever causes that information to come up, do you know whether it would show up and what it would be? Because I think it feels quite different in different apps. And you may have to, again, uh, less than out of that just to see what it is you're watching.
1: Yeah, the duration usually comes up with movies because, like, one of the things people are curious about is even when you're in the middle of the watching the movie. Yes, you might want to know how much time is left, but you also might want to know: is this a a three-hour movie, a two and a half-hour movie, a ninety-minute movie? And you might already be ten minutes in, and you don't have to do the math or like it. it, it, There's not a lot to ask. There's a couple numbers on the timeline, Um, and then the final thing is uh, when when it's over, there should be a way to go to the next video, which most of them do. Like. Whether it's right era, right era, you know. right
0: era. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I end up doing with like HBO is pretty good at playing the next one. Plex is, er, sorry, Apple TV TV shows is not. If I, I've bought all of the seasons of Tim and Eric, and sometimes I'll just sit down and watch all Tim and Eric all the way through. But whenever an episode of, is done, it just kind of sits there and says, "Yep, here's the next episode." It's spaghetti, and but you do have to like, but that's still better than what you're describing, which in some cases is like. If you don't remember where I've been, how could you even imagine where I want to be?
1: Yeah, and again, this is the basics. Like a lot of people wrote in with like, oh, I think it's it's a basic that it has to autoplay the next episode or that it has to not autoplay or there has to be an option for it. Like those aren't basics. I, that's how right. basic these basics are. It's just there just needs to be a way to go to the next video from the now playing screen. Again, if your app does this, it's not good until it has the features that everyone thinks makes it good. Most people would like it to automatically go to the episode, but some people don't. Your app should support both totally. and have
0: a setting for it, right? I have strong feelings about that with whatever I'm doing on YouTube, where sometimes I don't care at all. But another one's a little crazy is like, not crazy, but you know how Spotify and it even says this, I think, in the interface. Hey, well, you've got this playlist of nine songs. And when that's done, we're going to find other things that we think you'd want to listen to, which I don't hate. That makes sense. You can always just turn that into repeat this playlist, whatever. But, um, for example, every time I watch the new episode of Pam and Tommy, shut up, every time I watch the new episode and it's done – I am, as we say in my family, caught up. I have every intention to watch Reservation Dogs at some point. Um, Just it's not necessarily what I want to watch when Pam and Tommy is done. It always starts playing episode one of Reservation yeah. Dogs.
1: I mean, all those type of things that either annoy people or don't are about like, what should the defaults be? What should the settings be? Are there any settings? But, but like, if
0: everything else is in place, you don't care. Like yeah. you're a little, we might be a little frustrated. But I'm not saying, like, not ima- imagine
1: if uh, if an app, if a player didn't support the ability to show episode four after you saw episode three, just plain didn't do it. It expected you to find your way to the list of episodes. Good luck with that. And then right. go down to the next one that's that's why these are the basics they're not dictating how you should do this feature well or not well it's just like you have to have the ability to do this it can be automatic it can be manual there can be a setting there's lots of things you need to do to be a good app but if you literally can't go to episode four from episode three while you're watching it you get an F. That's what this, that's what this list yes. is about. It's like, literally, you need to, and, and I just, you know. <laughs> and your next section begins with a low bar. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, actually, there's one There's one more bit before we get to the low bar. There's my, my list, list. My list, which yeah. I, don't, you know, you just have to have a place where you manually put a list of stuff. Yours is a notes document. You know, Apple TV, famously, as we talked about in the last show, doesn't have this section. Well, in there's, or, a,
0: you know, you'll go to places and you'll see, like, Criterion, I think, is quite good at this. Criterion has, like, you know, you can just, add this trailer to your list you can just add this or this whole you can add this whole new york stories to your yeah, list that, but that's a fancy
1: version yeah
0: right r- no i know i know but i mean like the thing is almost every app has something like you know a plus button but if you can if figure it, out what that done, pl- button well, does well that's the thing if though I- if i'm in <laughs> if i'm on s2e6 of righteous gemstones and I'm inside the detail view. And by the way, again, I, I, HBO Max yeah, is pretty it, good at it, a lot HBO's of this. HBO's
1: handling of this button is inscrutable. I have no freaking idea
0: what what, what it does. Well, does that <laughs> add the series or just that episode? I no, I don't know what it does. It doesn't right, make that's any sense. It's also where you can watch the, the 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 here's here's what's coming next week stuff. Oh, buddy, I'm just here to tell you they handle that better than the way Apple handles movie extras. Apple gives you absolutely no. Maybe I'm getting crazy uh, now, just but go like to the detail page for the movie that's easy to find, right? Ha ha. Sure, you go. And because they're all exactly the same in terms of format, you've got play, you've got extras related, because I can't even tell you how often I'm looking at a screen thinking about playing a movie and I want to know what else I can buy. I'm always thinking about that. I didn't know there was a Roger Ebert full length audio commentary for Citizen Kane until I poked on that button one time. There could be, if it's an Edgar Wright mover movie, have y'all tried this lately? Go to extras guess what's in there and then click a lot of times it's like a DVD from 1999 and it'll have a gallery of photos or something. Other times it'll be four commentaries for an Edgar Wright movie. Edgar Wright, sometimes he has a commentary as a director, a writer, he has a tech panel. It's like there there can be all this great stuff and that's all hidden under extras. I like when that's exposable or at least gives me a sense of that, but you're right. I mean, all the things you're describing here you know, and I'll let you continue with this, my list, because I think this is a really big deal. These are all things where you could put up with some little nicks and cuts along the way, because you know where, I know where I am right now. I know where my stuff is, and I have a level of confidence that this will handle whatever it is I'm likely to want to do next. Just that sometimes the part where almost all of these fall short is what you may like this or not, but I'm just here to tell you, There is an element for power users of this stuff of needing to find something. Where's that one episode where Cricket is a general in the Revolutionary War? What's the gang? Cracks the Liberty Bell. But where is it? What season is that? Oh, I got to go up to seasons. I got to select a season. And because Plex suffers from that Amazon Prime problem of mouse to the right place and then hit it and it shows, it's a lot of moving around to get to what you want. I don't think there are not any apps that are fantastic at that.
1: Yeah, this um, the my list of basics of just like a manually created list is
0: really bare bones. It doesn't really help you with all the things that you are listing. But you're on a given media thing, you hit a plus, and now that's on your list. Is it should it be ordered in a particular way? Like for example, reverse data added.
1: But I mean, but like it just, I, I didn't even dictate that. But the reason it has to exist and the reason it has to be manual is it's your one defense against the madness that is the rest of the application. Because
0: regardless of yeah, what it's, the yeah, whole... it's like you're in a hurricane and you've got one tarpaulin to cover up this one armor. Like this is my one area that I need to defend because whatever else happens, I know that I can come back here and keep watching Tiger King
1: exactly right and it's not a great experience to do that and they try to hide the my list feature from you. and you know apple doesn't even have this they have an auto populated list that you you add things to implicitly but not explicitly so they add things to the list for you that's why they get an f on this feature yeah, like why
0: does it keep thinking i want to watch john oliver i watched i haven't watched john oliver in months but was always popping up there's
1: no way for you to for you to add to this list and, and there's no way for you to go to a screen that is just
0: but you can add, you know, add to
1: up next yes but that's just a, that's just a tiny cue, and yes, you can add to it, but it also adds things to it for you.
0: Y- yes, no, no, based on agree. your actions. This is, yes, but, it's this, but is, it's this is why your to do list, where your, your email inbox should not be your to do exactly. list. Exactly, This is an right? exactly, exact analogy. Yes, it you could know. just dump dump letters on me suddenly. But then the other one is like whatever I put here, I should know it's 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 in a template. But also, John, this is weirdly related to last week's topic because you know this may not be an active working area. But like, if there is an area that's my area for doing this thing, I don't want stuff to show up in that space. I don't, want you to, I don't want you to put your car keys on my desk, like where I'm typing right now. I think this is not dissimilar. I think what we're saying is like, uh, you know, any port in a storm, but in order for me to feel like I'm, I have a relaxed sense of here's the stuff that I'm doing right now. You know, so, something I wrote down and I didn't, there's no really good place to say this, but I was trying to summarize a lot of my thoughts and I came out of these two points. One is, well, the second one is greater scale. Like I use these things like I do because you don't have scale problems because you've created an app where you can hit play and you think that meets the spec. Well, okay, but like if you're like me, like if you have to do anything in an interface that involves selecting a lot of things, is your app up to that? If I need to find things, how can I find things? All that kind of stuff. So like that scale, I don't have an answer to how you fix that across the board, but, that's, but here's the first one. Wayfinding. It's just what I called it in general. And what I said was, it should feel less like Las Vegas, a Las Vegas casino, and more like an international airport. Because the thing about an airport, like when you're traveling, you're always going to have somewhere else you need to go until you've returned home. Even if you're sitting at the gate, you're going to have to pee at some point. Well, where's the bathroom? Ah, the signage makes that very clear, right? I want, I want like a Charles de Gaulle app. I want, I want, I want it to have good wayfinding at all the multiple levels. I don't just want, I don't want it to look like the uh, 4077 sign pointing to everybody's hometown. I want one set of signage for terminals, right? Another set of signage for, for amenities, et cetera. And there's ways to go. Okay. You know, you've been in an airport and you've never been in that airport. And it says like, Oh, a bathroom is in two more terminals or something like that. Where if you're scanning an airport done well, and most are not, but airport signage and wayfinding is all about you speaking any language, almost any level of literacy and being able to get where you want to go. Uh, yeah, to know where you are, but to know where you need to go because you're never done until you've gone home. And instead, that's why when I go into Netflix, I do feel like I've been dropped into a casino. And there's just this, this cacophony of stuff going on that are options for other things I can be doing. It's like the guy says in Raising Arizona, you're searching in the one place I know my kid is not. That's how I feel. Like I don't, don't want to be in a casino. I want to I just go find you know where I get my back. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part... By Memberful, you can learn more about Memberful right now by visiting memberful.com/slash-diffs. Memberful is the easiest way to sell memberships to your audience, and it's used by the biggest creators on the web. You can generate sustainable recurring income while diversifying your revenue stream. Nothing wrong with that. And you might have heard us talking here about the Relay FM membership program. I sure hope you have. I hope you join. What you might not know is that Memberful is the platform that we use uh, for that particular program. Uh, they make it super easy to generate uh, extra revenue stream and deliver bonus content to our members i 'll tell you a funny story i, I benefit from memberful as uh, as john 's little little monkey friend uh, but I also benefit from it as a fan uh There are a number i am going to say at least three four uh, things that i 'm paying for right now and and I do it through memberful and uh it works out great i i I get shortcuts that way I get podcasts that way uh Congrats to all my friends who are doing that and and please take my money but also give me yours let 's be honest. So, you know, maybe you're already producing content, relying on advertising or other means of income. Uh, Advertising is great, QED, but Memberful makes it easy to diversify that income with everything you need to run a membership program. And that includes custom branding, gift subscriptions, Apple Pay, yes, free trials, private podcasts, and more. And uh, that leaves you with uh, full control and ownership of everything that relates to your audience, your brand, and your membership and now here's a new thing you can now send paid email newsletters directly through memberful without needing to connect to a third party email provider that's pretty cool you can even publish your paid newsletter content to a memberful hosted members only website and uh, there's no additional fee when you're signed up for memberful's pro or premium plans it's a lot of peas also you'll save money compared to other uh, popular hosted newsletter platforms so if you're a content creator memberful can help you Monetize that passion. So get started right now for free. You go to memberful.com slash diffs. That's DAFFS. No credit card is required. I have been assured. Memberful.com slash diffs. Go there now. Please check it out. You know, it it could be the start of uh, something exciting. I didn't come up with that. They they said that's a thing that I can say. So I'll say it again. It could be the start of something exciting. Our thanks to memberful for supporting reconcilable differences and all of Relay FM.
1: And so transitioning into the the second article that's exactly what I get out of the end of the first one I say you know for some of these things uh, the reason these apps don't fulfill even the minimum requirements there's reasons for that it's basically conflicting incentives uh, the Las Vegas casino wants you to not know what time it is and and just spend yeah. all your money there because that's their incentive your incentive you don't want to lose all your no, money no there. clocks no right angles yeah. no yeah. uh you know no abundant lighting. Yeah. the casino wants you to lose all your money you do not want to lose yes, all exactly. your money that is I, the, that, that is I the conflicting implicit, incentive yes. and so mm-hmm. obviously uh, for things like, uh, you know, I, I I can't tell where my stuff is. I'll, it's just shoving these shows in my face. They want you to try new stuff like they don't want you to finish watching the series that you're watching because say you did finish ser- watching that series. Maybe you decide, OK, well, I'm done watching that now. And then later you'll notice you haven't launched that app in a couple of weeks and you cancel
0: your subscription. Mm-hmm. Right. They, they talked about that on downstream today with this new approach to not doing a full season drop. And like uh, Julia was saying, you know, it's really interesting to think about you drop three episodes here and then do once a week or you do half of the series drop, wait a month to sort of maximize Mm -hmm. people who stay signed up. But do you think that how actively do you think that goes into especially the thinking of I think HBO Max HBO is a pretty good one, right? Like if the Game of Thrones season is over or the series is over, you know, are you there should be something always interleaved to where I'm finding something, their goal, find something new to watch that makes you not even think about canceling.
1: Yeah. And, you know, that, and that explains, you know, a, a lot of the casino, the casino, <laughs> uh, yeah, the casino <laughs> aspect. So in the follow up article that I wrote on this was, you know, based on all the feedback I got is uh, the title of this one is streaming app sentiments. Like what did people think about what I wrote? Um, and, uh, it was, I mean, I (laughs) tell me what apps you love. I I kind of (laughs) knew any of these. (laughs) I, I kind of knew what to expect, and obviously, we've talked about it before, so I know what you know. At least the two of us think about this, but the the feedback was just so overwhelming that the number one thing that people wanted to say about streaming apps was the the very first item I put in here, which is on launch, it must be immediately obvious how to resume watching. That's the mm-hmm. feedback I got, which is I hate that my is so, app.
0: So it's interesting. Was that surprising to you? It's a little surprising to me.
1: I can't continue watching what I was watching. That's what people hate. They they get sit down yeah. in front of their TV. They know they want to watch the next episode of the show they are watching, and the apps make it hard. It's the casino right. thing. Rather than when you launch the app, have a big shiny button right in your face that says, "I bet you want to watch that show you've been watching. You're on episode three. Hit the button now!" Like instead of that mm-hmm. being yes. that is the one thing everybody wants to do and people hate it so much that when they launch an app they don't it's not immediately obvious how to do that sometimes they have to scroll sometimes they have to search so many people are, say they get angry at their apps because they literally have to use the search function or talking to the remote or whatever and it's like app the only thing i've done every single night for a week is watch the next episode of the show is it a mystery right. when i launch the app what i want to do and mm-hmm. I'm frustrated by that. And so is everybody else. So wow. many people wrote in with that thing. It was, it was like 80% of the feedback was that one specific, forget about it, all the other stuff I put, that one specific feature was the worst. And I had someone for, who actually worked on the Hulu app say that Hulu ran you know a, a user test with this thing of like, <laughs> right. and their test was, let's take that what they call continue watching, which is basically like, let me resume what I was watching. Let's take that and push it down off the screen like not even have it low down on the screen or in an, an obvious place, but push it off the screen below the fold in, in parlance that yeah. no one understands anymore because no one has yeah. newspapers, right? And pushing it below the fold increased whatever metric they were measuring to the point where it increased engagement, as they called it, to the point where it was projected to generate more than $20 million a year in extra revenue for doing that feature.
0: You know, say that, to give that to me the pigs and bunnies. They, they moved the here's my stuff to below the fold with what... Re- because I seem to remember in the article them saying that like, they thought this was something users liked. So they, they moved it below the fold for a small number of users, and then they measured wh- how the users used
1: the app, and they saw increased engagement. And that increased engagement was projected to generate 20 million more dollars per year. And so, what it's so the result wow. of this, now, what they didn't do with this experiment was say, Hey, users, how do you feel about that change? No, they didn't ask people how they felt, instead, they just saw how they behaved. And they turned that behavior into dollar signs. And so they said, this is great. Right. By making our app, essentially what they said, you know, without knowing they were saying was, by making our app more frustrating for users, we will make <laughs> more money. Let's do it. And they rolled out that change to everybody, which is exactly. They, what they, ne-
0: they, 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 they deliberately casino-fied
1: it a Exactly, bit. right? and it's like Mm -hmm. this is the i can't remember where the saying was i tried to do a a quote investigator thing and i ended up linking to the quote investigator page because i can you know it's one of those things where it turns out 50 people have said it over many many years in different variations but like if if you have some kind of user engagement related metric of like how many things do people click on how often do they start a new show like whatever it is that you think you're measuring or whatever um like say you do this experiment and you're like yeah we know people hate it but the numbers are the numbers And this is better for our business. And in the end, this is what this person argued as well. In the end, isn't it also better for users because they discover more new content? I know you may feel frustrated about it, but in the end, it's actually beneficial to the company because we make more money. And it's also beneficial to you. You might not know it. You might say that you hate it but it's actually benefiting you because you're discovering new shows that you wouldn't have discover. Otherwise, if we made it real easy for you to continue watching your show, you would have finished the mm-hmm. season and canceled your subscription. And you never would have seen this show that turns out to be your
0: favorite. You would have missed out on all this great stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's great. The, the new stuff we're featuring that we think you're going to love. Like you're, you're so bogged down in rewatching parks and rec that you might miss all this great. Yeah, content. And
1: see, we're helping you. Right. And, and what mm-hmm. I wrote about that is like, okay, like, Regardless of your engagement related metric, even if even if you, I I stipulate for the purposes of argument that, yes, you actually will make more money, which I don't think is necessarily true. But let's say it's stipulate that. Right. It's the the application version of this old saying people won't remember what you said or what you did. They'll remember
0: how you made them feel. And that applies to apps oh, wow. as well as people. Right. Oh, it sure does. And if you if you think that if you think it doesn't matter or that doesn't exist, like that's OK. But I promise you well, I'm not going to say that you have something you love that I don't care about, but if you're going to do this, let's do a good job with it. Like maybe, maybe I do fret about this more than seems really wholesome or healthy for somebody of my theoretical maturity, but like, it's, it's, it seems like you're just, this is all just out of grasp in some ways when you see people who do a great app and you're like, what, why did you just, why did you just stop noticing how people use this? What are your metrics for deciding when somebody just bolted because they just couldn't stand it anymore? In my case, right now, HBO Max will not load on my Apple TV. I have to watch it on the LG TV. That's probably a beta problem. I don't know, but the point is, like, each one of these apps has the thing where you you have you ever reached the point where you're like, I'm, I just, I just want to watch something, and this has been such a pain to deal with that I'm, I'm, I am gonna hit the TV button, go to the top, and just watch this somewhere else. I mean. Does that get included in your metrics and all the millions of dollars? Because if it's not fun to use, or if Julia says Netflix has increasingly, because for a lot of reasons, has become a place you just forget about sometimes. Unless there's something, there's not that much appointment viewing you're aware of. And it just feels exhausting sometimes to use Netflix. Like you're going to use it less. And what is your, how do you meter that? Yeah, I mean, they're
1: not they're not measuring how people are feeling about it. And there is important long term brand effects of that. And so and th- yes. th- and I follow
0: that up by saying, OK,
1: say you don't care about how people feel. You're like, OK, they'll remember how they feel and they'll dislike our brand. But I don't care as long as they keep making money. I don't care about people's feelings or whatever. Th- there is an opportunity here, right? It, like, given the fact that every app access way, they all look like casinos. There is a competitive advantage that you could seize to become the app it doesn't piss off its users because that's like skipping to the end of the sentiment thing which you can read about what other people says like this number one thing of like people launch the app with a task in mind and the app thwarts them because it's better Mm -hmm. for some engagement metric sometimes it thwarts them because it's incompetence it's the cynics dilemma is it incompetence or is it malice sometimes it's malice sometimes it's incompetence but either way people want to do a thing with the app they can't do it they're frustrated they feel bad and the app vendors say either oh we didn't mean to make you frustrated or they say we did mean to make you frustrated and it's better for all involved right you mm-hmm. could be the app that doesn't make people frustrated. And so the, the, the big upshot was this of uh, uh, the feedback I got is nobody, literally zero people wrote me to tell me how much they love their streaming video app. I expected most people to to have complaints because it's a complaining post. I'm a complaining person. The blog is called yes. hypercritical. Like, of course, people are going to write in and share their complaints. But you think you'd get a handful of people who say, actually, I know most apps are bad, but th- this streaming video app I really love. And here's why literally zero people did that.
0: Nobody loves their streaming app. That's 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 now that's a stat that everybody should hear because that's if you it's not that you have to have everybody love you, but if nobody loves you, you're not really for anybody and more saliently from a business standpoint, I think if if you don't have if you have single digits in the number of users who are there right now, that to me would indicate they're very ripe to bolt for somewhere else that is better. And, I mean, you know, yeah, maybe, there, maybe you feel like your content your content you know as we used to say content is king that fish food that brings people in is the driving factor but if your interaction with the company like like the way i deal with one of my bank websites the way i have to deal with paypal like there's these certain kinds of experiences that i just feel my shoulders coming up around my ears when i know i have to deal with it and like that Oughtn't be the sentiment that you leave your users with.
1: Yeah, I mean and the fact that there's no place else to go because they're all equally crappy, again, you should view that as not we don't need to change it's an everything. opportunity right it's an opportunity for you to excel and i don't think it's it's a given that oh it's just the nature of this kind of application he uses are always going to hate it like just like everyone's going to hate going to the dmv don't even try to make it better it's just the nature of it but that's not true at all people love the TiVo interface back in the day right you can make an interface to watch so much that that will have people who love it right people love Mm -hmm. that interface now part of it was what it did but part of it was just that it did it in a way that people could understand and use and get used to right it is possible yeah. to have a computerized interface to watching television that people love. It's just that nobody is doing it now, including Timo, <laughs> by the way. So it's kind of sad. Um, you can read more about the sentiment. Of people. And by the way, like I tested this again, like obviously it's not scientific. It's just, I read a blog post, people reply, mm-hmm. whatever my audience is weird. But when I was driving to the, the store to, to, with my daughter in the car and I, I'd mentioned that I was going to podcast tonight about this streaming video apps or whatever. I said, how do you feel about streaming video apps? Cause she watches, you know, Netflix and, hulu we have all the services she watches whatever she wants in them right how do you feel about streaming video apps and you know you can kind of tell that she had not particularly thought about this because who the hell does like you know kids just take things for granted things are the way they
0: are (laughs) it's because she's healthy
1: (laughs) right yeah but you know things are the way they are but this is what she said she said well you know and and i don't remember the exact wording. she basically she was forced to think of something like you know i haven't really thought about this before it's just like if i can watch my show fine or whatever she's like well it's kind of annoying that when i try to you know when i when i try to uh, continue watching the show i was watching before sometimes i have to search for it
0: that You're was the one and only
1: me. comment. it's like
0: this is Which so i I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised that that exists but i'm i'm surprised that how near unanimity that was in terms of the unwashed masses hating something it's about so it that's like wild. like
1: that i feel like that is the core
0: experience well, of uh, using it like, yeah, like we used to say low hanging fruit find a way to improve that situation in your app and God, you know, they've got so much data on how people use these apps. I mean, use it used to be apps. better,
1: but like you said, they've been casinoifying it intentionally in many cases because it that's gets absurd. better on some metrics and it's just making people hate them and making people, and that's yeah. not, you know, as you said, content is king. If In the end, if you have the good shows, people are gonna deal with it. Uh, most of your time is not spent dealing with the interface. Most of your time is spent looking at the boob tube, right? I understand this is all kind of small potatoes in the grand scheme of things, which is why they can get away with this. But again, I would appeal to the competitive nature of people who make these apps there's an opportunity to be better and best your rivals
0: by not sucking this bad. So please, please do that. Especially. And you know what? It also affects Apple and Apple TV because I wonder if you ask people how much they love their Apple TV, it would be fun. It's, that would be an interesting thing to ask. Like, how much do you love your Apple TV? Do you feel like it was a good deal? And then you could even dig a little further and say like, have you owned any other, um, either, um, media set-top devices or have you had a stick like an amazon stick i mean hell or... youtube
1: is kicking their ass youtube makes it easier to turn on and off subtitles youtube keeps track of what you watch really well youtube has all
0: yeah i mean, can my, skip to my the end of there the is just that if i'm on the apple tv it's just that i i have trouble the most success that i get so you know you're watching right you hit pause and in my case i usually arrow up on the four-way and then it, it goes first to the you know icon, the avatar for that account. But then you go right and it's got stuff like flag this video, add to a list. It's my, but the thing is, that's not difficult to use. The, the most difficult part of that is the Apple TV part, which again is the YouTube part. But to get out of that timeline, like it's really hard to get exactly right. And yeah, I do have my, my I, I, I've considered playing with, you know, that one setting where you're like, treat this like it's a four-way, like don't make it swoopy. You can just make yeah, it. You know but, what I mean. But that can make certain other things extremely onerous. With no scrubbing, with no, scrubbing gets with, very with difficult. Justin, yeah. yeah. But but like so, I guess I was just going to say with um. So yeah, YouTube does a pretty good job with that. But you know, it, it's going to affect Apple too, because I wonder. of so, you know, maybe you get the halo effect and all that kind of stuff, and oh, I'm happy to be in the ecosystem, you know. There's been times, you know, there's one time when I bricked an Apple TV because I had a, a weird beta thing happen, and I had to go use on the previous LG, and, like, it really wasn't bad. It, it wasn't demonstrably different. Right now, HBO Max, the it won't load despite all the troubleshooting. Not a problem. I've got that on my LG TV. Can I also mention this? LG TV, I think they call these blades. If you click on a little home view, you have an easy way to arrow up either with a Wiimote style gesture or with actual buttons on this actual remote that has all the actual things on it, including all the colored buttons, including like a branded Netflix button. Like it's pretty great for a freebie remote. But for example, you can add, they call it a blade. So at the bottom of the screen, looking almost like what I would call like a Mac doc, you can arrow right through all these blades and think of a blade as a button. You can also move it around the same way. It's actually way easier to deal with than Apple TV if you want to move them around. One thing that's neat though, John, you can, uh, here's a couple. One, you could have that, they, you could have them order those for you where it's going to look at how often you use each of these things. Oh my God, why is that not on my iPhone? If I use these four apps all the time, don't, don't even guess serious suggestions. Let me hardwire the eight most used apps. How could I possibly go wrong with that? And in this instance, you have these blades, you can move them around manually. If you don't like them, if you don't like the one for LG content store, you can remove it. You do a click, you you arrow up, it's real easy to get rid of. John, you can have, I have a um, Brian David Gilbert blade. I can go, I have the uh, Japanese steak video in a blade. I have, you can make a button for a YouTube channel that lives in the navigation of your TV. What I'm saying is that in addition to doing a lot of the table stakes stuff to do TV pretty well through their webOS interface, there's ways in which they're being a lot more interesting and innovative. Now, of course, their app store, it looks like the Android store. It's crazy. It looks like, I don't know, if I'm there to buy an NFT or something. It all looks bananas. But once you get the apps that you want, you put them where they want and they stay where you want. Or you say, LG, please be smart and move these in the right order for me. But so much more control And yes, there are elements like I refuse to set up any of the IQ stuff. I don't, I've turned off every advertising thing. I've done everything I can to shut off everything that tracks my data. And I'm sure it's still just like an exit wound in terms of my data going to LG or whomever. But I don't, so like, I don't do the voice stuff, but I really want to do the voice stuff because now again, using, I do forget how much Siri is great for straight dictation. If That's all you want to do. How you interact with that can be frustrating. I guess what I'm saying is this is a danger for Apple. If in the same way that they maybe oughtn't be quite so glib as they have for the last 10 years with their developers, because it's the developers that make people want to buy phones, you know, the content on an Apple TV, yeah, that's great. Netflix is good. Netflix would put their stuff on a gas pump if they could. That part's not difficult, but I do feel like an effort to make using the Apple TV more intuitive on the one hand easier here but also at scale John have you ever decided to remove a, um more than a few apps or icons move or or delete icons from your Apple TV screen have you ever had an evening where you said that's it I'm finally going to clean this up you ever done that
1: I, it, it just uh, we just uh subscribed to Peacock and so we installed that as well and I yeah, installed it on my it Apple TV and when I installed it, my next thought was, oh, I should put that in the right place on the home screen with the other apps that I use more frequently, because we're going to be mm-hmm. using this frequently. That's exactly what we did. Yeah. And then I, at this, at the moment after I had that thought, I gave up on it with exasperation because I know how painful that is. And I just said, I'm not, I can't do that right now. It's so painful to do. I just But then on the other on.
0: hand, that when I moved Peacock up and I did, you know, one in, one out, right? The top two rows are sacred. Top left always has to be Plex. Second row on the far right needs to be settings. YouTube needs to be far left on the second row. I try to utilize the stuff, only put stuff in the top row that will, from which I will, like if, how do you describe this? How do you describe it? Uh, f- top row, front row. Some apps have extra functionality if they're in the top row. So like Hulu will show you something you were watching before. Plex will show you stuff that you're watching right now. Super handy. But even still, so I went a little crazy forgetting where YouTube was, but then everything, everything moved down. It got really frustrating. John, one time I made a slight change to my cable plan. This is probably four years ago. And when I made that change to my cable plan, you know how like you, it's so hard to get cable and not get a phone? It's so hard in some of these packages to get cable and not get TV. And I thought, okay, cool. Let me find out what's available because I can do you know the single sign-on-ish thing. And I put a bunch of apps this is a really dumb mistake. Hey, single sign-on. This is great. I'll change it from Hulu to Xfinity. I had all these apps on there. And plus apps, I just accumulated. John, I have Cannibalt on there. I don't play Cannibalt. I've got all these games from Apple Arcade. All this stuff, It's again, it's like the iMessages uh, sticker thing all over again. I'm super into this for about an hour. And then I just have the Croft and Kipple. And my God, I started out by just putting everything I don't use into a folder and then another folder. Like junk one and junk two, but if you ever really tucked in and said, "I'm going to go delete 30 apps tonight," like pack a sandwich, because it's a real pain in the butt. And if you think that squiggly stuff is hard to deal with on iOS, if the you know the squiggle squiggle mode, <laughs> try it on an Apple TV because it is not fun at all. Speaking of your LG interface that you like, by the way, uh, that
1: interface is gone in the new LG TVs, and I'm pretty sure they've it up.
0: I, I am not surprised at all in the same way that Plex is clearly trying to pivot to like watch this 80s movie with with thousands of Geico commercials. I'll bet. Um, you know, but in the case of Apple TV, like that should feel that should feel homey and warm. I feel like they've come a long way with like how it looks and stuff like that. But, you know. And then so for the longest time, John, I cannot figure out. Oh, 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 I got a couple more real quick. OK, mixing. uh. New fee versus covered by current fee. Like, which Apple does. Like, if you go and search for something and you start arrowing down the for almost always the first thing it suggests is, hey, do you want to buy this movie? And this used to, I feel like this used to be easier. But let's say I go search for Inglorious Bastards. Now if I own it, which I do, I can just scroll down once and say, play this. Doesn't have play from the beginning. It'll play from wherever I stop. That's fine. Or you can add to up next. You scroll down a little more, you see other options. Well, you might you might see, oh, it's available to watch here or there or there. And there's this new thing where I'm like Charlie Brown watching Lucy Neal with the football. And it says, uh, I don't know, Reservoir Dogs. I don't know. But for example, Reservoir Dogs. Oh, this is available on Prime now. And I go, <sighs> and I say to my kid, I, I don't want to do it. And they go, don't do it. Don't do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. You know, it's going to be there. And they go, um, yeah, uh, it's going to be for sale. And I go, mm hmm. And what happens? You click it, it opens Amazon Prime. And it shows you, you can buy this by the episode or the season, or you can buy the movie. How do I tell it, stop showing me that? How do I tell it, John? I, f- I thought this was me. How do I tell it, I don't have stars? I don't have stars. I don't have stars. I know we talked no, about everybody, this.
1: Everybody has to have stars. Everyone.
0: I've that. deleted, that's one reason I finally thought, oh, this maybe is something where like, oh, I had to delete Apple News from everything. So this thing stopped opening in Apple News, right? I thought maybe if I deleted stars, and National Geographic, and all these things that I played with for one hour when Trump was president, I want them all to go away. And I got to go in onesie-twosie and delete it. And yet still to this day, I see these wackadoo, not even Movie Mubi's pretty cool. I see this, these wackadoo channels. I have no idea what it is, what it's from, some kind of Estonian local access, and that all shows up right alongside HBO Max or whatever, like on Just Watch, when I log into Just Watch, I can go and say what my preferences are. Like, these are the services where I stream and buy, and I prefer not to have it casinoed yeah. up got, with God everything forbid else. they give you settings like that because they can't handle it in these but applications. This is, but John, we're talking about, my point here is that like, and yes, I, this is just the free bitch session. Maybe this will be the only time we talk about it ever, probably not. But Apple's good at this stuff. And like you say, these are computers. Computers can do things. And if I tell a computer to do a thing, I'd love it if it would become my partner in in, in making that happen. And it just feels like, like so many things with Apple, they have fixed a lot of these eventually. But you sort of think about what people said in the 80s when they talked about Apple being a toy for rich kids. And it's like it has this friendly, but the friendlier that interface gets, the more it conceals or forbids. So to have the ease of a... Okay, was it called Front Row? Do you remember that? The thing you could where you could like put it on your Mac Mini and mm-hmm. use it to watch TV. Like to to get the benefit out of the simplicity of these little lozenge things. I understand I got to give away some some granularity. This is not Android. I can't just replace Vimeo with a clock or a picture of my cat, RIP. But I do sometimes feel like it's a, it's almost passive aggressive in how that sympathy or I'm sorry, how that simplicity gets vended To where it's like, well, there's, yeah, sorry, sorry, dude, this is how it is. These are lozenges, you click it, and then you play something. But like, you know, heaven forfend if you want to find something that's on Netflix, because that's not in the soup, right? Like some stuff's in the series soup, some stuff is not in the series soup. And I think that's going to have an impact on Apple. I mean, it would be depressing if it didn't have an impact on Apple, because that would really show you how little people are using, buying, and caring about the Apple TV. They should be double worried about this.
1: What I said, If, if no one wants to pick up that baton of not sucking, then they're all just going to suck together, and the competitive pressure uh, is. That's what lessened. Nathan Hale
0: said, you know, if we don't, if we uh, don't suck together, we'll, we'll surely suck apart. Yeah, I'll... I did do a spreadsheet for this, and it's in notes. You can click on it. It's unfinished, but the the biggest impact. So basically, I, I was starting to score all of my streaming services on various things, and rather than going through all this, because really, who cares? Here's the ones. Here's uh, here's my top four features. So things that didn't make it. Oh, I hate the way it animates the thumbs. Ugh, that's so bad. Icon Choices. Why is Disney so good? And Why is Prime Now so bad? Very small stakes. Um, Do they have good hubs of content? I actually love that, but it's not critical. Um, I I don't like the Plex thing of where you select and then click. Uh, Spoiler alert, Prime Now scored lowest on almost everything. It really is a dumpster fire. Here's my top five. Number one, I'll do it in reverse order. I'll do Letterman style. Um, Number five, Mixing Free with Pay. I wish I had a way to say, don't show me, well, show me per perhaps per um provider whether or not I want to buy things or I just want to see the stuff that's included with my account. That might be a lot to ask, but it does drive me crazy. I don't, I don't click on Prime now anymore because I, I feel like a sucker. Um, number four, does it work with the Siri Soup? In other words, if I say, here's the trick. If you say something, a string, it looks for a movie. If you say find the TV show. Parks and Recreation, and knows to look for a TV show. Uh, try this yourself, but in my experience, if you say something without calling it a TV show, it will tend to play music, usually the theme for whatever you just asked for. <laughs> Working with the series Soup is so huge. I love that I can see where this is available, and what are the ones that don't do that? Netflix is the big one, right? Is that the only one? I'm, trying, I'm asking if you know are there what are the other big ones that are not included in the in the series soup? I'm sure there
1: are tons of them, but Netflix is the only one that people care about
0: because once you don't have Netflix, it just ruins the whole feature because Netflix is very common and right now it's easy enough because if you can't find something, it's probably on Netflix um number three, tricky mousing Hulu dude I'm fifty five and my thumbs are old the need it's isn't there a way that you could get I forget what it's called in making a UI, but where if I've shown the intention to move, sort of like, did you see that app that Gruber linked to, where it's a web page that you draw on, and it only makes, I think, two things. It makes lines, vertical or horizontal, of any length, and it makes quarter circles, right? But Because all it makes is vertical lines, horizontal lines, and quarter circles, it's so good at the constraint of knowing what it is you're trying to do right now. If you start, if you start on the left in the middle and start moving horizontally, guess what? You get like a snap to where it knows you're trying to move horizontally. Doesn't, am, I, am I nuts to think that's a thing they need in that ribbon? That I, where I keep, if I fall out of that ribbon of functionality and buttons, I kind of have to start over. Shouldn't it be able to guess that I'm trying to do something horizontally?
1: Yeah, like the stickiness of,
0: yeah. Horizontal is harder than vertical. Vertical is scrolling and it's not that hard. Yeah. I Maybe it's me and I have motor problems. I find horizontal. No, no, it's,
1: I mean, I, the, both of the cardinal directions, like uh, in, in game design, not user interface, but in game design, very often there are things in games that make it, that expect your intention is going to be the obvious thing and make you really deviate from your
0: intention a lot. You talked about this with, corre- uh, you know what? You talked about this, where this works against you and you know what it is trying and i've encountered this when you said this on atp or was it here maybe here when you're trying to correct the uh rotation of something and it seems to snap to anything under like three degrees goes back to plum Mm -hmm. you can't do a slight and even do the trick there's that old trick i I think this is still a thing yeah there used to be a trick on the on um ios where if you swiped way up high Got slower and more yep. granular i can never make it work so some apps it still works and that was mostly for video timelines
1: because like the, the problem they have especially on touch screens is and you know it gets into this with long movies too uh granularity right so the movie yeah. the movie timeline scrubber if you're watching a three-hour movie how much time is represented by one pixel right it's a surprisingly large amount of time whereas uh, some, if you're
0: watching showa that's not going yeah, so, to amount to
1: sometimes lot. if you want to go forward or back by a second or less than a second or a couple of frames, there's no way to do that on the screen because one pixel is is 55 seconds or something, right? So how right. are you gonna move a
0: control less than one pixel? Um, there are ways and to again, do this. Again, this is like when you were trying to do your scanning, and any time yeah. the target was too small, you ended up just making and another. And so,
1: you know, snapping box. is what you're talking about. Sometimes you do want snapping, but then also you need a way to override snapping. Most Mac apps have some way to do both snapping yeah. and overriding. Shift, you know, shift to snap or shift to or not snap. Option to disable snap. Even macOS, mm-hmm. the operating system itself has window snapping, and you can turn that off by I think it's Option when you're dragging or whatever it is. I was I just messing with the stupid Skype window right now. Skype, the Skype window is snapping to other stuff, but when I you don't could, want a person snap, could
0: get a master's degree. An option key yeah i mean option key, what you can do
1: option key solves solves many problems so, but but like uh, this is definitely way outside the realm of things that these stupid uh tv streaming apps do because they expect you to have a remote in your hand there's no option key on the remote and so <laughs> they just they sometimes they make the wrong choice um but like that's what i'm saying like you know computers can do things which is the title of that atp episode but computers can give you a way to throw an interface up on the screen that will let me go forward or backward a frame that's one of the, the features we didn't get to from the uh the first post which is like an ability to pause the the uh, pause anything you're watching and have an unobstructed view of the screen
0: oh totally so you could take a photo or just see all the so like if someone's a
1: reading a note from somebody on a mystery show and you oh, want to read yeah. the note yeah, or yeah, whatever yeah.
0: like and you want to pause it. On Citizen Kane, that way you can see Joseph Cotton in the background as a reporter. Yeah, in two scenes. but
1: sometimes you pause and like it tints the whole screen, or it puts the play/pause buttons in the middle of the screen, or like the, the timeline is in the way, or it doesn't
0: stop there. It includes or disincludes the subtitle. Yeah. Like it, it really varies. Okay, last two, and then I'm done. Um, and I call this a I'm gonna call it a tie for number one. And they're very different. Um, well, functionally, uh, tie for number one. One button to restart this from the beginning. Like like HBO does. It's inscrutable, but the jumpy-backy, turny, counterclockwise arrow, I want that in everything, especially movies. Apple, please put this at least on your movies. And the final one is just a very nebulous big thing called Where's My Stuff? It frustrates me when I can't find their stuff, and it frustrates me when I don't know where I am because it feels like a casino, but where's my stuff? Like, in the case of, like, Criterion, Criterion has, like, two tabs, like, you know, Peacock has all of these tabs and it's actually pretty easy to use. Criterion has two tabs, which is, I think, what is it? Uh, one is browse. It's basically look at stuff that's not on your list and look at stuff that's on your list. And that's it. And you go down and you just, and then, you know, if you ever get lost, you just click on the magnifying glass and see it. Like it totally works. But an interface that's built from the bottom up by computer people to work like a computer sucks on a touch screen. And when I'm trying to find, quote unquote, my stuff and I have to go on this expedition. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be so emotional about it. That's my list. I got more, but that's the big stuff. I think you did a really good job with this. I hope I hope people listen.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I have dim hopes, but at least it's it's good to document this stuff somewhere so that maybe in 50 years when this landscape has really changed a lot, we can see how it used to be. Um, hopefully things <laughs> will go get better. Because, hey, if, if I had made this, if I had made a post about a similar thing, you know, In 1999, it would have been just an entire love note to TiVo and how wonderful it is and how this this heralds a bright future for (laughs) computer-powered television watching. In some ways, what we have now is really awesome with all these great streaming services and tons of great content. Because in the end, who cares about the apps? It's about the content. Like, I agree on that. That's why this is small potatoes. But if you were to extrapolate from current trends back in the early days of TiVo, you would think that we'd have these amazing interfaces that everybody loved. And we don't. And I feel like that's a thing that should be fixed.
0: Okay, here it is. Here's the rule. By the time, I can't, I can't speak for your entire stack, but by the time your QD OLED TV arrives, this needs to be fixed in all the apps. That's not going to happen. Okay. <laughs> You're still going to get a TV? I really hope so. Yeah, me too. I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't look forward to your death, but it would, be, it would land extra hard on me if you still had that same uh, plasma TV. That'd be, that would make it a hard, if I'm being honest, that would be harder for me.
1: Like any sentence that begins with, I don't look forward to your death. She's not, She's a, not a hunchback.
0: hunchback. <laughs>